Hey everyone, we're back. Did you miss us? We're here for Game Face, episode 306, after having a week off. So our good friend Matt could take a little time off. Matt, how was your time off? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Saw the family. Yep. How was that? How long had it been? Uh, like six months. So you hadn't been up since the holidays? Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty good. Saw some people. The area is where, where I left it. <laughs> I haven't been there in years. It's been years since I've been to the Bay Area. Yeah. Which is crazy. Because um, yeah. it's so close. It's like, well, it's like a five-hour drive, one-hour flight. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, I like... I mean, it's, it's like a 30-minute flight, but it's a five-hour right? process. Or, ordeal. Yeah. yeah. But it's, in a lot of ways, it's better to drive, honestly. Yeah. Like, it can be. Like, yeah. I, de- I usually will drive. Because mm-hmm. at least when I get there, I get to have my own car and I don't have to pay for a rental. That's true. Yep. Um, so we're back. Didn't miss a whole lot over the last couple no. of weeks. I think you picked a great time to take a little time off. Um, because we've had two weeks to get a show together for today, and we just barely have a really good show. Yeah, a bunch um, of So I can't imagine what we would have done last Tuesday. <laughs> we would have talked about the Sonic collection and the Capcom collection. and the, Yeah. It's like, yep, those are old games. <laughs> I mean, the Sonic collection's got a couple of cool... Like, I like that they got an adventure mode and added a few things in there. But the Capcom collection is just like... All right, these sure are games I own on other platforms, but at least they're here now. I even feel like there's already collections. There are a couple, but not. I mean, Red Earth has never been released uh, domestically. Um, Cyberbot- get to the deep cuts. Cyberbots is a kind of a rarity. Um, the weirdest thing about it is they didn't include Capcom Fighting Evolution, which is like the most the, the, that crossover game where most people have first heard of Red Earth in the West. Yeah. Um, Red Earth is a weird game. It's like an RPG fighter. I've never played and, it like, before. It's all boss fights. But you level up as you go, and if you don't level up right, you can basically screw yourself. And there's a couple, like, there's definitely better characters and not better characters. It's weird. Like, huh. It's a very strange, um, I can see why they didn't bring it here, because it, it breaks the, the, the expectations of what a fighting game is, to the point that I could see, like, a lot of people playing and be like, I don't understand what the hell's going on here. Yeah. Um, they got Cyberbots, which uh, has only been, I think, released once or twice here. And then... Every version of Vampire Savior slash Darkstalkers you can imagine. Like, they got the original Darkstalkers and Night Warriors, and then they got Vampire Savior 2 and uh, Vampire Hunter 2. Like, I've never, you know, I, both of which only have Japanese versions. Mm-hmm. And actually, one one annoying thing about the collection, like, the menu is, like, you kind of go through a circle of all the games, and you can switch between Japanese and English versions of the games. And I switched to English because I speak English. Yeah. But if you go through the menu and you go over into the Vampire Savior ones that only have Japanese, it switches to Japanese because there's only a Japanese version. But it switches the option to Japanese for all the games. Oh, geez. So if you go back to the other games, you have to go back down and switch it back to English. And it's like, it's like three button presses. But still, that's annoying. It is, yeah. Yep. It's fine. They all run fine. It loads real fast. There's achievements. Are fine. It's cool. These Great. collections are one of those moments where I always have to remind myself that not everyone has been playing games as long as I have. Mm-hmm. And so these collections, I may have like three Capcom collections at this point that yeah. other mean, people may not. I so. mean, it's nice to not have to like drag out the Saturn right. for like Cyberbots. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But like, it, yeah, it's it, it's not the most exciting thing. Yeah. And then Sonic Origins, they did some tweaks to those yeah, games. Some, they, well, they changed the music in Sonic 3 because they don't have the rights to some of that anymore. Because Mike, finally confirmed Michael Jackson wrote at least one of the songs in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they have an adventure mode where, like, instead of earning extra lives, you're earning stars. You can use those, I think, to, like, unlock stuff in the museum. And, like, there's an a extra mode. Like, there's actually a story mode for the collection with, like, cutscenes and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they did, and they did, like, animated cutscenes for intros and outros for each of the game, each of the old games, which is cool. Like, like they actually put effort into that one. Like, I, 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 thought, I think that's a pretty good... Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good pack, really. Yeah, I mean, that's... I don't agree with how they weirdly locked animated menus and weird shit behind like deluxe version pre-order like that was very strange but like the games themselves in there are are, are very well they treated did a good job on the games my bigger issue with the sonic origins collection is the pricing is yeah, that you could expensive. go and buy those older versions of those same games and spend like half the money that you'd have to spend on that yeah. collection but you'd have to want the the new kind of changes and additions and extra stuff and things well sega has wiped the old versions off of marketplaces yeah. you can't go buy the old ones anymore it's, yeah. It was all a cash grab, which I think is dirty, but yeah. I agree with you. They are superior versions of the games, at least. Unless you so. want the original uh, music for Sonic 3. Right. Um, but it's not like that Sonic 3 is hard to find either on the Genesis or in multiple other collections, so I think that's fine. Yeah. Or, um, I hate to say it, but places like MAME. Yeah. <laughs> or they, isn't it on the gen- that mini Genesis they put out? Yeah. Too? Like it's, yeah. yeah. They're not rare. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sonic yeah. 3. Sonic 3 is not rare. Um, yeah. I'm more interested in what Sonic CD games are going to be future announced for the next, for the Sega CD mini, Mega Drive mini thing. Yeah. Because um, those are games that are hard to find, hard to emulate, and certainly hard to get for a reasonable price. And even if you get them for a reasonable price, are they even going to run? Because they they're all scratched and all the Sega CDs are starting to get a little creaky. Like, there's a point at which there's, you're just going to run out of functional Sega CD units. Yes, yeah. you know? it's true. Yeah, like, I have one that's, like, brand new, never used. I got it. Um, what was the... Unit that combined the Genesis with the Sega CD in um, one unit instead of having to stack them. Oh, uh, that was just like the the second generation. Yeah, like but the, I like, have that. It's like brand the, new. The Gen- like the Genesis two, and then like they came out with the Sega CD where it kind of slid into the side instead yeah. of like the original, which was like a stack. Yeah, and the, I got the that one at the Sega Fire yeah. Sale when the Dreamcast. Yeah, died. that's the one I have somewhere, uh, and that one is way more reliable than the original because it doesn't have the disc tray and it, like you just stick the thing in and go. All you got to worry about is the lens motor. Um, those are pretty hardy. Um, yeah, it feels take, like it's built like a brick. Yeah, and the <laughs> and the connector is way more reliable. Like the connector on the older one was like this weird like like a little tab that yep. jutted up and you had to like stick it in the side of the Genesis. Yeah. And like if that tab gets out of alignment at all or bends or anything or warps, like it's not going to hit the pins right and your yep. Genesis isn't going to read Screwed. anything. Yeah, so that's what we missed by not doing a show last. We just did the whole episode yeah, here in about episode. five minutes. <laughs> so you didn't miss much well, while we were not doing an episode last week. A couple things about today's episode. Uh, first of all, we will not be talking about Cuphead, the delicious last course. Because I have not finished Cuphead, and you have mm-hmm. to finish Cuphead to play the DLC. So no, I don't. I can't even access it. You don't. You you get access to the island at some point during the single player campaign. You don't have to finish it. Oh, you don't have to finish it. No. So there's but just a some, certain point. At some point, you reach an island and it unlocks uh, Chalice, and then you can do the DLC, and then you can use Chalice and any of the other things. However, when I went, I couldn't remember which um, which platform I played Cuphead on. Because I couldn't find it. I can't it. remember either. I and I'm I like, guessing and I'm it's like, oh, I own it on Steam. That must be it. So I loaded it up, and my save's gone. I'm like, where's my save? And then finally, this morning, I realized, oh, I played it on this on the Xbox, but I played it on Game Pass. Uh, and it's not on Game Pass anymore. Uh, so I don't have it. You have to buy have it to on buy Xbox it. so you could use your saves. Again. Yeah. This is something we've talked about with Game Pass. Like, that it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a caveat with Game Pass. But it's funny that I, I couldn't remember, like, why? Where, it, uh-huh. where did I... I that. think I played mine on PlayStation. 
So um, I, I, I think I remember now I played it on Xbox because I had the Elite controller and I wanted to use that. Um, now you can't. But, go but back I was basically like, I'm not, game. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> is my answer to that. Yeah. And you can go. I think you can play through the whole game with the new character. Yeah, you can use her. You can pick any character. Once you unlock her, you can choose her when you load the save up. Yeah. Um. So. I guess we could have played as her and just replayed sections that we've already. You could have if you were far enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, didn't. I didn't. I did not finish that game. <laughs> I, I don't know either. if I got far enough. It to got see to, it the, became too much after a while. I don't know if I got far enough to in my original save to see the uh, the DLC Me either. Um, I, I think it's safe to say like it's it's more Cuphead. If it's great, it looks amazing. If you if you liked Cuphead, you'll yeah. probably like the new DLC. And damn, it's a good price. Yeah, for what you get. Absolutely. So. Yep. Um and then finally, did you see that someone else has left Easy Allies? Ben I didn't, Moore. but you told me when you got here. So now yeah, Ben Moore has left Easy Allies. Um, what's not going so on easy there anymore? Yeah, uh, what's going on there? I don't know. People, I mean, some of those people leave in California. Yeah, because I think expensive. Ben said that he just he wants a different kind of life where he can afford a house and it's understandable. understandable. You're, yeah. you're not going to get that from a eight person video game collective. Yeah. Probably. Um. Doesn't seem like the Patreon model's working for most people. I mean, I think it's it very, works at first. It I think, seems yeah, it's like. very front loaded, mm-hmm. um, but eventually it sort of slides down. And it worked for us first, mm-hmm. but what we saw is that like you get that initial big group of people who want to support you, and like literally in the first month, it just falls off the cliff. Like when people finally have to pay after they've got their thirty days of free content, basically, they most of them bail. They get caught up in the whole, hey, everybody's contributing to this new thing, and everybody loves it. And then a month later, when it, the rubber hits the road, and it's time to actually be charged, that after that first month, a lot of people bail. And then it just seems like it's just kind of a steady, slow yeah, it depends. decline. It depends on that. You I mean, you, you even out, and you got to decide whether you can live on what mm-hmm. that gives you. Yep. Um, and sometimes it depends on who you are. Like I, one of my favorite YouTubers just put up their first new video in almost in a year and a half wow and i was you know her patreon has stayed pretty stable um so people just kept paying for a year and some without any output pretty much. i mean she did wow. she did patreon exclusive like little videos and updates and things like that but like the output is not also like a lot of those youtubers like just don't do output like they used to because they're tired of being harassed for things yeah um but like it's just it's like okay like it's interesting that like there's a point where, i mean i'm still a, a, a patron Mm-hmm. On that, I'm just like I, I didn't cancel because I like her stuff, but it's like it's weird that like some people drop if you don't do anything for three days, and some people you can just not do anything for a year, and most of the people stick with you. So it, it's total scattershot. Yeah. There's been months where we had like our highest output of content ever, and at the end of the month, when the month turns over, you go and look at the reports of why people say that they stopped being a patron, and they'll be like, account wasn't as active as I anticipated, and mm-hmm. you're like, whoa. Where did your anticipation come from? If you looked at what we had done before, this was like the best month ever. It's just, it's really hard to manage um, making a living on Patreon. It mm-hmm. just is. Um, there's, it's very hard to market to get new people to your Patreon. Like, and we, you know, we get comments from people all the time that are like trying to help. You know, they're just like, hey, like try this or this, and maybe they've only been our patron for like a few months, and it's like, bro, like we've done all that like four times. We've tried all that. It. And you appreciate them trying to help because they care about you and they care about your business and whatnot. But at a certain point, you just run out of things to try. And you're just kind of, it is, you're, you're left in a, it is what it is type position a lot of mm-hmm. times. So um, I think the model, for at least for gaming stuff, seems to be things like the game, the game historian. 
mm-hmm. who does really big videos about like complete and thorough histories of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like he did, he did one on uh, the light gun. It, yeah. was, it was as good as any episode of Icons. I'll yeah. tell you that much. It just covers every imaginable historical. Does he element. actually go and speak with the people like Icons did? He, he, he will if they're around. Like it's hard. I mean, in terms of like light guns, he's basically every light gun for the NES. I think was the, the video he did. You're probably not going to find the people who made those. Yeah, you got to dig up some very old Japanese men yep. to, to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But there's some stuff like that. Um, I saw a video of um, uh, it's a guy. I can't remember his name. He's a he's a board game guy, but he did uh, it was a game called Blood on the Clock Tower, which is a very elaborate game of werewolf, basically. Mm-hmm. And he actually went out and found the guy. He went out and found interviews with the Russian guy who created that game, which is originally Mafia. And then he found the guy who turned it into werewolf, who changed it from Mafia to werewolf in the West, and interviewed him. And like, so you're talking talking to the guy who who basically invented werewolf, mm-hmm. and how he goes to like, you know, you can't copyright any of that. So he goes, so yeah, stuff like that's interesting. That's an hour long video. Yeah, um, well, you seen- know, we just started doing a new show called New Dimension. Yeah, that's more which along- is. Yeah, new dimension why, is more why along we're doing the line it. of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're doing it. There's another one that I like more. I mean, my, I mean, that was like reminds me of something I would do, but it's uh, it's a channel called Triple Jump, mm-hmm. and they do every oh, with every Jump. whatever yeah. ranked worst to best. Mm-hmm. And like I, I saw, one, it was like it's like every um, Star Wars game ranked worst to best, and it's like a hundred games, and they just go through every every individual platform, every, and it takes forever. But it's like it's great. And you know what? I watched that video. And there were two games in there I didn't know about. Wow, that shows you they did like good you research. Got, yeah, yeah, I didn't know about a couple of those. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, like I, that's, yeah. I learned something. I didn't think there was anything left to learn about Star Wars video games, but there were two that I had never seen before. Yeah, so it's you, interesting. You Easy Allies now. There's just two guys left there who actually worked as part of Game Trailers editorial. That's it. There's Bloodworth and Damiani, mm-hmm. and all the other guys were either interns there when I left, or they were hired after I left. And you know, at that point. Game trailers was just dying a slow death and was shoved on to Defy and blah, blah, blah. So um, it's crazy to see that uh, a lot of the big guys from Easy Allies have left. But I wish Ben Moore good luck. I hope that his decision uh, to move back to his home area works out for him. And uh, ultimately, the decision works out the way that he hopes. So And good luck to the Easy Allies guys. I love Bloodworth and Damiani, and hopefully they can keep, uh, keep the mantle going. Uh, let's check in on our chat before we get going into the show proper. See what you guys are up to. Missed you guys. Not being around you guys for a week definitely changes my perspective on a lot of things. So it's good to see y'all back in the chat. Um, let's wow, you guys have been going off in here since we started. Uh, Swanlin, thank you for Twitch Prime. Corey Film, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Rosencrans, thank you for subscribing at Tier One. That's awesome. Uh, what else? Was there anything else before we got started? Wampler thirteen, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Toast9, thank you for Twitch Prime. Yeah, the month just turned over, so all you guys can probably do it now. David5807, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, what else we got? Fire Native, thank you. Choo Choo, we're on, we're on the hype train. Uh, the McWomble, thank you for Twitch Prime. Do we got any more before we get going? Um, you guys are all you guys are talking about Easy Allies, I get that. Darmus, thank you for Twitch Prime. I think that's it. Awesome. Thanks to all of you guys for taking the time to do Twitch Prime. And if you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services out there, it is free. If you are a Amazon Prime member, you can give us a free $2.50 a month. If you're interested in doing that, just check the description below and there are step-by-step instructions that anyone 
could follow. Even my mom was able to follow those instructions <laughs> and help us out with Twitch Prime. So I know for a fact that you can do it. My mom is like 70. So if she can handle it, I know that you guys can too. Uh, with that, I think we're ready to kick off the show. We're going to start with what was the biggest event. And I think an event that at least I thought was going to be a bigger deal than it ended up being. And Nintendo did a Nintendo Direct late last week. It was the Nintendo Direct Mini. They've kind of subtitled those at this mm. point to set expectations among people like us so we don't think they're going to be a big deal. Um, it ended up Basically being... Basically just called the Nintendo Direct No Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, they've got a lot of stuff in the in the hopper right now that they're working on that, mm. that could have driven a Direct. But that's what they're trying to, like, def, def, When they say Mini... They mean Zelda's not in this right. one. Right, <laughs> again. <laughs> um, and it was. It ended up being... No release all, date for you. That's, that's what yeah. they're trying to do. It ended up being all third-party stuff, too. Uh, there was no first-party stuff in the entire thing. Um, what's going on with Bayonetta 3, Matt? I don't think it's coming out this year. I'm here in October. You really think so? That's what I'm hearing. I don't know if I think so, but I, I've, I've heard they're targeting October. Really? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense with Halloween and that month and everything, but, I mean, we got that one trailer. We haven't seen hiding our hair of it since. Or heard mm. anything about it since. Still haven't seen a gameplay demo in Zelda. We think that's coming in a bit less than a year. That's true. And we've got, what, two trailers for that and a teaser, yeah. I think? Yeah. In five years and half in a decade. <laughs> it's a good point. Okay. Touche. Um, I still am not very confident that Bayonetta 3 is coming out this year. What mm. do you think the percentage chances of that happening? I give like a 40% chance. Yep. <laughs> that's about right. Uh, I've given up on my fantasy team. I'm sure a lot of you guys have as well, because it's just a complete... We've all given up on your fantasy team, Shane. No, not mine. <laughs> I'm saying everyone's given up on theirs as well. Uh, because... be real... I'm going to be real interested to see if anyone has no missing games in that... Out of the hundreds of people yeah. who entered our fantasy challenge, if there's one person... If you just picked all stuff coming out in February, you probably won. Yeah. No matter what they rated yeah. it as. Because remember last year, out of hundreds of, app, of uh, participants, there was only one person who had all 10 games that were actually released, and mm -hmm. they won. Yep. And I don't know if anyone's going to do it this year. I don't know. It's going to be a tight race, Not I me. think, for that. Not me, definitely. In those, I know I can't win, so I just try to get the highest score possible. Mm -hmm. I, I just pick pie-in-the-sky games, trying to see if I can like set the record for the highest score. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a rough year, and I think Bayonetta might fall under that knife as well. We'll see. Um, but there are some games coming to Switch for the rest of the year. And as I said, this Direct was all about third parties. But I would argue, Matt, that the third-party games coming to Switch are not especially attractive. First up, near Automata. Automata. However you... I, Automata for you. <laughs> Automata for me. Um, People have debated how to say that subtitle ever I since the game was released. it's Automata. Automata, yeah. It is coming to Switch finally. Um, sure. Five years later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a great game, but like, it is. Yeah, I can't imagine it runs particularly well on Switch. It doesn't run particularly well on my computer. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too about this game is it's not. I don't feel like it's graphically intensive. There's a lot of it's like not, but it still doesn't perform very I well. Know. So like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, and, and you do need to be smooth considering the nature of the combat. Because um, look, most of the environments are just like look, these empty just, wastelands, right? But like, also like, just get this for like five bucks on on Xbox or PlayStation in the next sale. Like, it's, it's going to run but better, and it's I, it's not. Some people be only way have cheaper. Switch, though. I guess, but like, why? You're missing so much. <laughs> well, if you're saying why to this game, you better get ready to say why for the next twenty minutes when we discuss this topic. Because I mean, that's pretty much what this whole direct. I, mean, I was. started saying why this morning with the announcement of the Lollipop Chainsaw remake, not remaster, remake. 
They're remaking, They're remaking Lollipop Chainsaw. Who the hell asked for that? I mean, we got rumors about that not that long ago, but it was supposed to just be a remaster, that's not a, a remake. Re- <laughs> it is a remake. A game that sold And you know horribly. why I think it's a remake? I think so they can license cheaper music. Maybe. Maybe. That game's not very good. It's not no, terrible. It's not. But it didn't sell very well either. Um, I, re- I was I was happy, excited about it. Like, you know... It was all the all the right people, and James Gunn was involved. And I played like twenty minutes of it. I was like, "Nope, this yeah. is not working for me." It was a different time for James Gunn back then. That it was, was still a horror, like <laughs> you know, little, yeah. But James was a different guy. Um, like at Spike TV, we would go and we would cover CES, and we covered like all the goofy tech at CES. But then we'd also go cover AVN, which is the Adult Video Network convention mm-hmm. it's basically a porn convention and they go on it goes on at the same exact time as ces which is yes i agree is very bizarre but we went and covered it for spike.com one year along with ces and we had him as our lead talent mm-hmm. he was our guy who went around with the microphone and interviewed people at avn and he he knows a lot of people in that industry i'll yeah, just leave it maybe. at that <laughs> i mean i think that's that comes with the territory when you work for trauma yeah maybe um <laughs> he's yeah. a little different now um, probably, probably has, has to keep an image up with the with the. Uh, I mean, I guess he's done with Marvel after Guardians Three. Well, see, we the, had done a show a with him special. called PG Porn. It was a series right. of web shorts that were basically. It seemed like it was a porn until it came time for the sex to happen, and something would always happen to keep the sex from actually happening. And they were actually really smart and funny and clever. Um, but we had problems like getting them sponsored because it had the word porn in it, and he wouldn't change the name of it. So anyway. That's why we went to AVM with him, because it was an extension of what he was already doing. And he's like, oh, I can also recruit people to be... Because he was actually using real porn stars in the episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, oh, I can go recruit people for this thing I'm doing with Spike.com. I mean, it's just crazy to think where he was not that long ago. Yeah, He was doing five-minute shorts for Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spike.com. Think about that. He was showing up at our studio to do interviews about Lollipop Chainsaw. Think about that. But to be fair, he's not that different. No, I mean, he's different where he is in terms of, like, although Peacemaker, you can see the pedigree of the porn conventions no. in Peacemaker, <laughs> I would argue. Um, he is still himself. Yeah. Um, he's also a very cool guy. He, that's what I was going to say, is he's a really awesome guy. Yeah. Like, we worked with him for three days straight, and I was, you know, I was there, but I wasn't producing. We had a producer that worked with him or whatever. But I was popping in because I was very nervous that this producer was going to screw up our relationship with him because PG Porn was gigantic for Mm -hmm. Spike.com. We would put one up, and within two days, it would do like three or four million views. And so I was like, you can't mess up this relationship. So I was popping in, like checking in on a producer all the time. And like, he was great. He was Mm -hmm. like the nicest guy. Oh, yeah. Always. Really good I saw him a few months before Guardians came out, and uh, the first one. And I was like, "Hey, you remember?" He's like, "Oh yeah." And I'm like, "I'm like, what?" I'm like, "How's it going? Like doing this big Marvel?" How's it? He's like, "Dude, they're letting me do whatever I want." Like, I keep I keep waiting <laughs> for someone out. to say no, and they just don't say no. Do. So we're just making this movie, and I hope it's good. But like, it's great. Like he's that like, worked out. Like he was he was like, he was like I was he was expecting like a lot of corporate control, and there was just nothing. Like there was like go do your thing. And how like, did we get on this tangent? Because Lollipop Chainsaw <laughs> yeah, remake. But how did you bring up Lollipop Chainsaw? Uh, because it's a remake, and you keep talking about all the weird third-party things getting thrown up, and we asking why. Oh. And my ask why, the, my asking why began today with the lollipop chainsaw okay. remake, which I'm pretty sure James Gunn is not involved in. Yeah, I'm sure it, he it is. feels. I think from what I saw, it's like a basically a completely different. Team. He has more important things to do. Yeah, yeah. I think yep. everybody involved in that game back then <laughs> has more important things to do. Now, that game is old. Yep. Uh, so anyway, near Automata coming to Switch. Um, do I have a date for that? October sixth. So it's coming pretty soon, also in October. 
um, which maybe dovetails with Bayonetta 3. Sort of. Two, two platinum games. Yeah, in one month on one platform. Well, maybe that's better evidence that Bayonetta is not in October. Right, that's what I was hinting at. Um, and then next, probably the biggest game of this Nintendo Direct Mini, at least in my opinion, Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. Uh, they showed the first gameplay of this. And Matt, this game has undergone massive changes. I really didn't realize how much of a difference they are making in this sequel. It is coming October 20th, so not long to wait. Um, the game has an all-new antagonist named Cursa. And the, instead of the game taking place in the Mushroom Kingdom, it's kind of like Super Mario Galaxy. It takes place all over the cosmos. And Cursa's goal is to rule the galaxy. Um, and she goes from solar system to solar system, draining energy from, from the planets and consuming the pure energy emitted by the sparks. Um, her evil coats the land in an evil, sticky substance known as Dark Mass, a.k.a. Super Mario Sunshine. Mm. Um, and it's your job to kind of clean that up. Um, the other big thing with the gameplay is it takes away the grid, which is crazy mm. for like a turn-based strategy game. It gives players more freedom of movement. And battles are now triggered like Pokemon, um, where you kind of are out in the open world and you come across and you can kind of initiate the battles if you want to. And then once you do, you can see you're kind of in that big circular area and you can go anywhere in that area. Instead of have it saying, I have like, this character can move five spaces and I have to move five spaces on the grid. You can kind of set your, your team up however you want behind cover or whatever and then approach each scenario however you want. And then each battle takes place, instead of taking place in the game world, you get whisked away to a separate world for each battle. Again, just like Pokemon. Um, but ultimately, your battle decisions play out in real time. And Ubisoft's hope is that it makes it feel more fluid and action-packed compared to the first mm -hmm. game. And I think that's a, a great goal to have. Because yeah. it did it reminds feel... Reminds of Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, that's, a good, that's actually a really good comp to use. Um, it sounds like to me like all the changes that they're making to this are going to be for the better. Yeah. Um, it's going to make it a more accessible yeah. game. Ultimately, your goal in the game is to rescue all the sparks and obviously save the galaxy. The sparks actually give your characters buffs. You can see they're floating around above Mario right there. It's kind of like a mag in play in uh, PSO and yeah. Fantasy Star Online. I um, figure Mario and crew got some pretty bad PTSD at this point. <laughs> you think? Like it's got to be impossible <laughs> to relax. It's just like God knows what's going to happen next. Yep. Um, and then the cool thing about it, it kind of takes place in an open world. It's one of those pseudo open world games. It's really not open world, but it kind of gives the illusion that it does. But the cool thing is you can tackle the game in whatever order you want to. The challenges, the battles, and the main quests, you can just pick and choose when you want to tackle those and just go through whatever pieces of content within the game at your leisure. Um, I guess Bowser's I, on your team now. Yeah. I, um, I'd love to see an exploration, exploration of like what the relationship between Mario and Bowser really is <laughs> at this point. It's like, you keep kidnapping my girlfriend... But we invite you to our sporting events. Yeah. <laughs> and you show You're up like, for our turn-based battles. Yeah, like, You're our bro for those. It is really bizarre. I've been inside your body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, I'm i pretty excited for this game. Yeah. I never finished the first one because no, I, I felt like it got stale time. and yeah. it was too long. So, I think the changes that they're making to this are all for the better. I really think it's going to result yeah, in a much better more game. engaging. Yep. So I'm excited for this. Again, that's coming out on October 20th. And again, as you might have guessed from anything in a Nintendo Direct, it is a Switch exclusive. Next up, Persona. Finally leaving the PlayStation platform. This was in the Nintendo Direct, but it's actually going to other platforms as well. It's not just for Switch. Um, Persona 3 
4 and 5 are confirmed for Switch. Persona 5 will launch on all new platforms on October 21st. October's looking like a good month. Yeah. And then Persona 3 and 4 are following much later in 2023. Uh, but it's good that finally this franchise is going to branch out and be available on other platforms other than PlayStation. Maybe a lot of people don't even realize that, for the most part, these games have been PlayStation console exclusives. Yeah, Persona in particular. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, Persona, the franchise in general, has rarely branched out to other platforms, which is so weird. Um, There's a long time where Atlas just believed that it had no appeal outside of Japan. I guess and so. PlayStation was your lead there, and for a long time, Nintendo wouldn't allow things like that on their platform. That's true. So yeah, uh, but Persona games all pretty great. I can't can't remember any one that I played that I did not at least like a little. Yeah, Persona is definitely my favorite iteration of the Shin Megami Tensei stuff. Yep. And you will get your money's worth with these games. They are gigantic. So if you've never played Persona, which one would you recommend, actually, Matt, for someone who's never played one before? I've never played one before. I mean, I think 4 is probably the best one. It seems to be the consensus pick. Yeah. As far as what most people recommend to be the first one to play. But again, like, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Persona 5 certainly looks the best of all of them. Yeah, but I think 5 is is very repetitive. And it is, is, and it's really even long. Even by the standards of these games. Persona 3 is good, especially the portable one. I wish they were including Fez, which really adds a lot in the kind of a post-game thing. But, like, 3 is very good. Like, 3 is worth playing. I, I just think 4 is where they really hit the stride in terms of all the features and how everything should work logically and... Like, you know, you can still use a strategy guide, but I think you can get through four kind of working on instinct as well. Pretty, If you don't want to use a strategy guide, I think it's the best kind of mix of those things. And four doesn't fall into the trap of that five does where they're just repeating the premise every time you do a new dungeon. Like, mm-hmm. it's like uh, four has a lot more going. And four also has like a little more sinister thing going. Like, Phantom, the Phantom Thief thing is, is like cool and all, but like Persona 4 is a murder mystery. And, like, it really creates, like, a weird sort of, like, like, it makes, like, the, the town you're in sort of feel a little foreboding. There's a little bit of, a like, a, like an it, almost, element to it where mm-hmm. you don't know where this thing is happening or what's going on. And it rains and it's it's kind of oppressive and you're still trying to live your life. And, like, it's just, like, there's a murder and you kind of got involved in it. And you did this dungeon and now you got to go out to get ramen with your friend and it's raining but you can't talk to them about this. It's a, it's a much more psychologically effective premise, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I would call Persona 4 sort of the gold standard, no pun intended, golden, Persona 4 golden. Right. <laughs> uh, but I, I'd say that's the gold standard of the Persona games at this point. Okay. Um, and again, coming... If you can tolerate Teddy. Yeah. Persona 5 coming October, October 21st, 3 and 4 following in 2023. Um, Nintendo announced that there was a live Alive demo that's up on the eShop. Mm-hmm. It's there right now. Um, it's that crazy, wacky JRPG that never made it to the West until now. Um, where you play through like eight different pe- time periods, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit like it, like a turn based RPG version of Eternal Darkness. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's a it's a cousin to like the Saga Frontier stuff where mm-hmm. you pick different characters and or like Octopath Traveler is a descendant yeah. of it. Um, I'm interested. Uh, you know, I've, I remember I've heard of Live Alive forever. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's back been in a the thing. Day, it was it was one of the games that like the weirdos who imported stuff and played things mm-hmm. with translation guides in Japanese were like would lord over you as like they'd played this and, and you haven't. you'd only play you hadn't played you'd only played the stuff that came came officially to English and you're right. like, okay, who cares, dude? <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of like cares? how back in the day, like people like would go on and on about how amazing the Genesis Batman game was and it finally came came to the US officially, everyone's like, This isn't that good. Yeah. This is this is kind of meh. Like 
It was just one of those things like, like Dave Halverson went on. There's a reason why games don't come yeah. to the West. I mean, yeah. look good in the screenshots, but it's like, okay. But, and there's an element of just like sort of forbidden fruit or like, you have mm-hmm. to be a little elitist because I played and... this and you didn't. You didn't. And then mm-hmm. you finally get to play it and you're like, really? This is it? Is it? But this looks pretty good. You know, I mean, I'm curious as someone who like has been aware of it for you know almost 30 years that like, well, I guess I should probably get around to that, huh? Yep. Uh, and then moving on to... More ancient games finally coming to Nintendo Switch. The Portal Companion Collection is coming. Um, both games are actually not coming. It launched on the day of the Direct. Both Portal games, Portal 1 and 2, live on Switch right now. But this is the kind of stuff that we're getting on Switch at this point. Just these really old third-party yeah. games that were pop. I mean, this, this game games is what game- now? Like 14 years old? Um, 15. Yeah, came out. The first one came out in two thousand seven. Yeah, so yeah, fifteen year old games about what the Switch can run smoothly. Um, it's, really, <laughs> it's time for new hardware, folks. It really is time, um, and, yeah. it, and it's looking like looking that's why like I was maybe. so pissed off about the Switch OLED. I'm like, what are they doing? Well, you saw the you saw the stuff about um, the uh, Nintendo's hardware expenses. Yeah, no, I don't think I did. S- Nintendo has like suddenly this huge had this huge spike in hardware purchase expenses this year. And a lot of people are saying that's because they had to buy hardware to, to build the next system. Oh. And so there's people speculating that there will be a new Switch, new system next year. Hmm. And that's what will launch alongside Zelda, which is exactly what I said they were going to do. Yeah. No, we said that with the last delay, actually. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna put Zelda up alongside a new the new Switch, or whatever they call it. Yeah. The Super Switch. Yeah. Now, again, I realize, especially with Nintendo, you have a lot of young players on the platform who may not even have been alive when Portal when Portal 2 came out. So I do understand why you release them on Switch still. But yeah, I guess they were 15 years, some of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not even like kids. They're like young yeah, adults. My, my niece my niece isn't, wasn't alive then, <laughs> yes. but she's in, yeah. in high school now. Yeah. So, yeah. This is my new, this is my new like, realization that I'm coming to at my age is that like, it's not about all about me anymore. What I think is a good idea. There's these other generations that are much younger than me that are coming in, and they're like, "Hey, I heard my uncle talk about this game card called Portal. All I have is Switch, and I can't check it out." Like, there's a market for games like that for younger folks. So I do get it, but this is really old. I mean, 14, 15 years. That's taken a long time to come to Nintendo platforms, um, and then. They showed a little bit more of Minecraft Legends, which is that new Minecraft game they showed at the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, E3 press conference, a.k.a. (laughs) Uh, Then they showed Sonic Frontiers on Switch, the first footage of Sonic Frontiers running on Switch. And boy, oh boy, does it look like a different game. Hmm. The, uh, The worlds are empty. The very first shot that they show when this trailer starts, Sonic is just standing and there's a bunch of flowers in front of him. And you can see the flowers appearing and disappearing, drawing in right before your eyes in a very curated trailer that's supposed to make the game look really good. Um, I think it's safe to say before we even play it and reviews come out that this will not be the ideal platform to play Sonic Frontiers on. I wouldn't think so, no. (laughs) I'm shocked, honestly, that they got it to work at all. On Switch? I mean, you have to put it on Switch. Like, it's Sonic your market. Fan, there's a huge Sonic fandom component on the Switch. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I totally get why they did it. I'm just really impressed that they got it to run at all. And it is that the level detail has been drastically dialed back for the Switch version. Again, not a surprise. But, yeah. Unfortunately, there's it'll probably sell best on Switch. That's the irony. And it yeah. will likely be the very worst version of the game when it's all said and done. Um 
How have your feelings on this game changed, if at all, over the last few weeks since we've kind of seen... IGN's been doing like a big blowout on it for the whole month. And I'm curious, it, but I don't expect it to be particularly good. Me, Yeah, me too. Um, I'm open to it now, yeah. where I kind of was not all that open to it when I first heard what it was supposed to be. Um, but I'm still definitely holding my expectations in check to keep from being disappointed. I mean, also, I'll, I'll try whatever you want to throw at me Sonic-wise, but like, I'm not going to bend over backwards to make excuses for him. Yeah. Also, this little section here coming up is where they show like the classic Sonic levels for the mm-hmm. first time. Um, they hadn't shown them yet on the Xbox or PlayStation versions. This little Switch trailer, they finally show some of this stuff. They show you what kind of the more curated, more traditional Sonic Adventure levels are going to look like inside the game. Um, some people may not even realize that that is going to be a part of the game, that it's not just this open world thing where you're running around these empty environments trying to find rails to slide on. So um, I'm still nervous about that game. I'm going to give it a chance, obviously. I'm not going to be nervous about it. I got no, there's no stakes to it. Yeah. Have you, have you reached that point with Sonic's 3D games that there's just, the expectations are so low that. I don't care. I mean, I've never been a huge Sonic fan in general, other than like, you know, mm-hmm. liking Sega. I think the series peaked with Sonic 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm 30 years out from having any real expectations for Sonic games. Okay. I'm kind of there with you. Like, I was not a fan of the Sonic Adventure games like a lot of people were. I like them okay. But again, that's sort of Sonic in a nutshell for me post-1995. I liked it okay. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Some of them are terrible. I mean, Sonic 2006 is terrible. Mm-hmm. A couple of those weird spinoff ones are terrible. The Black Knight thing. The Rise of good. Limerick or whatever. Rise of Limerick. Yeah, the Sonic Boom was bad. Yeah. It was not finished. Um, yeah. Yeah, like the Bioware thing was not very good. You know, but like then Colors is okay. Colors like, is good. Generations is good. Uh, Unleashed is good, except for the Werehog parts. Right. Um, it's you know, it's it's not it terrible. It is what it is. It is yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, um, something, and I maybe I shouldn't even include this, but I know some people really like these games. Um, Mega Mega Megal Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. It has. 10 games, although they're really not 10 games from the GBA era. I think there's really six, but then some of them had, like, they did, like, the Pokemon thing where they they had, like, the the colored versions of the games. Um, For those of you who don't know, though, this was a, this is a a series for the GBA of RPGs set in the Mega Man universe. They were all really good, despite the fact... They're in a weird Mega Man universe. Yeah. Everything's done through logging in through everything's fought in computers and like Mega Man is just a program and it's very weird yeah it's all you're right it's almost like um the fourth wall of technology is broken in these games it's weird it's like they're living inside like it is very pokemon it's like if pokemon were computer programs and they were all Mega Man characters yeah that's a good way to describe it um but these games have quite a following yeah Um, and this was rumored for quite a while too people were excited about it and now it has come to fruition um it's coming in 2023. This is also not just for Switch. It's coming to PC, PS4, and Switch. Um, and as you can get it either... Does it as, have the action game in it? Uh, what action game? There was an action game they made out of this series uh, for the GameCube. Uh, then it's, it's not in there. This is all GBA all stuff. GBA. Yeah. Um, that, one, that one was fun. That was one of my favorite interstitial things I did on the early X-Play. Because it was really hard. It was mm-hmm. incredibly hard. So I just shot a thing of Adam screaming about how he couldn't get past fireman and morgan's like it's like isn't that the first boss and he goes shut up (laughs) (laughs) which is basically my experience (laughs) with trying to get through that in the game lab that's funny 
Um, and they're they're releasing it either as one retail package with all the games, or if you buy it digitally, it's actually going to be split into two parts, five games in one part and five games in another part. So there you go. That's Mega Man Battle Network Legacy that's Collection. A lot, that's a lot of the same game it over is. and over again. Yep. Where's it, my Legacy Collection? Yeah. Or Legends. The Mega Man Legends Collection. Yeah, people probably are even more hyped for something like that. The Legends 1, 2, and uh, uh, Misadventures of Tron Bond. That's what I'll give. I'll give you full price for that. But Matt, there's a high-res filter option. That looks awful. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's really those are really the highlights from the Nintendo Direct Mini. There were other games. There were several indie games and a couple other kind of throwaway things in there. But overall, not really a great Direct at all. It was really just a chance to show off the first gameplay of Mario Plus Rabbids, in my opinion. Um Letter grade-wise, I'd give that a really low letter grade. And I think any of us who are hoping that maybe this Direct might be Nintendo's E3 2022 Nintendo Direct, definitely not the case. Did not work out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if they have announced when the next one is coming, but the next one should be first party. They did a Xenoblade one. Yeah. Around E3. That was close enough, I guess. Yeah. And that's their big game coming up here soon. I didn't actually watch a lot of that because I'm like, "Ah, I'm I'm already in. I already got the... I finally finally did get to order the special edition. Because you remember the first time they put that up, their web store crashed for Mm. like nine hours. That's right. And they had to delay it, so they they delayed it and said like, "Okay, it's tomorrow." And I was like, "But you logged right in, got it, no problem." Yeah, that's Done. good. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what went wrong the first time, but yeah. I mean, basically, what you're looking at though from this direct is what's coming out in up until the end of October. Yeah. So we'll probably have another one that we'll tackle November and December. Well, there'll be one for Pokemon. Yep, there'll be a separate itself. one just for Pokemon yeah. for sure. Uh, but overall, pretty mm-hmm. disappointing. I can kind of see now why Nintendo didn't have something for E3 week or summer game fest uh because it you know i think it would kind of got caught up with yeah. microsoft and i mean they're doing as well as everybody else is really yeah this is not uh this is not like oh my god comparison to sony and microsoft they have no it's like no it's everybody right yeah now. yep let's take a look at chat and see what At you guys are de- saying. telling us when things are coming out that's true and giving us hard dates for this stuff um let's see what you guys are saying about it if anything um Eve demon the most exciting thing from the direct was the battle network collection okay so you said that before we started talking about it yeah um what else i'll get like halfway through one of those battle network games and that's about it i played a couple of them actually i, thought I played they were a few of them good. i mean if i got this collection oh, um, oh i would get about halfway through one and be like that's good yeah. <laughs> we're fine uh justin horman says i shot a sonic grinding around the mountain the way the background chugs is concerning yeah i mean you're just gonna have to accept that there's gonna be technical limitations with that uh jam rain thank you for twitch prime by the way um oh vincent says don't forget the persona games are going to be on game pass that is important to remind people of if you have both the switch and an xbox with game pass don't worry about buying the switch version um Vincent says, Cursa is brainwashing Bowser's minions, so the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I guess. Mm. Okay. Uh, Still, I don't know if I'd want to sleep with him in the same camp. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's like a little bit aw- of history there. Like some awkward knights in the spaceship. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, Vincent says, Pac-Man World was a highlight. I disagree. Um, Pac-Man World? Yeah, that game, the original was not a good game. It's being remade for Switch. Which one was that? Um... I can't even remember which one it is. The side even though I just played, all, no, that's called Pac, Pac Land, or Pac Mania, or something, or Pac Land. Because the NES side scroller is what's inspired Mario. 
Right. We talked about that when I covered that Pac-Man collection like is this, is this a like few the, episodes ago. Is this like the one that was the stuff they were making like around like the PlayStation 2? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those were terrible. Yep. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. And it looks like you guys aren't either about anything that was in in this direct because you guys are not talking about it. It's like all hardly the good, at all. all the good games I played five years ago on other platforms. So pretty much, yeah. For our audience, they're mostly late twenties to thirties, mm-hmm. forties. Uh, people have decided whether they wanted to play those games a long time ago, and probably a lot of them decided that they did not want to. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the latest Nintendo Direct Mini. We should probably get another one here in the next month or two, hopefully with some first party stuff. Um, and then we'll probably get one more before the end of the year for third-party stuff that we'll tackle November and December. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about one of the only new games that I have played in the last couple weeks. Again, I've been going back and tackling some of my backlog. Um, I'm almost finished with Dying Light 2. Um, and I will say that a lot of the stuff that I had talked about before that game came out about the branching story stuff starting to hit. And like it's pretty amazing like how drastically the story can be altered um in that game uh but this is one new game that i did play this week mx versus atv legends it is from rainbow studio a series that will not stop it won't stop and here's the thing matt i have visited rainbow studio before have you ever went there no they are at one point in time they were a heralded studio the mx versus atv games used to be literally in the discussion for racing game of the year every year they were great rainbow studios used to be bleeding edge racing game developers and matt i don't know what has happened to that studio i don't know if it's like talent drain like what's happened at some other studios like rare where just the people who were good just bolted and are working somewhere else but matt this game is a disaster a disaster. One thing I will always remember 2022 for is the year where Shane had to go back and start playing bad games again. Hmm. I have really avoided it for a really long time, having to play kind of the dregs of the industry. This year has reminded me that there are, in fact, still really, really bad games out there. And this is one of them. This game, I struggle to say that it's finished, honestly. Um, the big hook for this one is that there are three different disciplines. There's motocross, like you're seeing right now. There are ATVs, which are four-wheelers. And then there are those new, like, hyper-powered <coughs> golf carts. <laughs> Have you noticed how they've become, like, a thing? They're called no. UTVs. Oh, UTV. Okay. And they're basically sure. just golf carts with, like, more powerful engines in them. And people, like, off-road with them and drift with them. There's a lot of retirement communities where people buy them to get around <laughs> their little retirement community and style. I mean, I love driving a good golf cart. With, with the accelerator floored, but uh, gotten kicked out of a few places doing that. Yep, but. yep. We used to, we, I had a buddy who worked at a golf Get course. Some decent air. If you... <laughs> we were in high school. We would go to the golf course and he would take the chain off of the golf carts and we'd just go jump in the golf carts all over the golf course. That was fun. But these UTVs, it's absurd. Like that they, they race these things. It's like, I feel like we've got to a place where. T- television executives have realized that the only thing that rates anymore is live something or other. It has to be live. And so they have just gone to these extremes to find events and sports to televise live. Cornhole has become a huge thing on ESPN. And yep. apparently fancy... You have, the, you have the Ocho to thank for that one. <laughs> exactly. And apparently racing golf carts has now become another one. Because sure, I also not? saw that on ESPN2 a couple months ago. Competitive eating. Yep. That's go. true. Yeah, which obviously with the July Fourth weekend, we just all Joey dealt Chestnut, with Joey like, Chestnut again. Choked we, out a man. He, he came. He came out of uh, 
his groundhog hole for the one day of the year, yeah. and then he went back in. Broke a guy's neck and went back to eating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this so looks awful. It's awful, Matt. It is awful. So there are those three disciplines, and really the problem ends up becoming that they have to concentrate on three different disciplines, so none of them are good. None of them work great. And I would go in order the four-wheelers, the ATVs, then the motocross, then the UTVs. But even the four-wheelers, like, they still don't feel right or feel great when you're actually driving them. Um, another quote-unquote innovation for this this entry in this franchise is supposed to be a semi-open world. You saw it at the beginning of the B-roll there where I was just kind of riding around like this open area. That's a world? I thought that was the track. No, dude. That is like it's open world. And it's literally, you can drive from one end of it. That looked like a skate park. To yeah. Me. You can drive from one end of it to the other in probably 90 seconds. Wow. And there are these crew members. There's no fuel. <laughs> there are some things to collect in the wor- open world. And there are these like mechanics who are supposed to be on your team. But like. I won a couple races, went and talked to the mechanic. He's like, hey, here are these new shocks. I never got the shocks. Hmm. I never got them. Like, you get rewarded with stuff in this game, and you don't actually get it. It doesn't unlock. There's just there's bugs all over this game. Um, there's no story whatsoever. The career mode is actually huge, but it's just like one event after another that is just strung together right here via this screen, this nondescript um, mission screen where you just go from one race to the to the other. When you first start, you only have motocross. You win a couple or you finish a couple races in motocross, the ATVs unlock, finish a couple ATV races, and then the UTVs unlock. Same progression that you, you would expect from most games like this. Um, the only really cool thing that I found in this is there's a, a trails-type races that are set in like larger environments. They're almost like um, checkpoint races. And they last a little bit longer, and the tracks are a lot longer. I found those to be a little bit more interesting, but otherwise, it's oh, just... It's terrible, but maybe some races give you more of it, so that's Well, watch, watch this. Watch this. Watch the elbow of the racer beside you. That's weird. Let me, I'm just going to rewind that so you can see I it. I saw that. This game is twitch. full of crap like this. Watch as the racers next to you right here. Watch their elbows. They, just, they have like a two-frame animation <laughs> as they're cranking on the accelerator. It's so weird. <laughs> There's stuff like this all through this game. Just That's weird. so weird. How could, how could there not already be that in from the last game? Like I, don't, I don't know. Like, just, you know what, dude? Just swap it in it, from the is, last is game. Is this on, like, a modern system? This is, is PlayStation it? 5 gameplay you're seeing right here, Matt. Wow. This is on the PS5. Is and there the PS5 is... PS5 version? Yes. There is a separate PS5 version for this. Because if you told me this was, like, vanilla PS4, I'd believe you. Yeah, THQ sent me code for this for ps5 specifically wow so this is the ps5 version what, of this game what is the ps5 doing here that that could not be done now i will say this gen. there are certain times where the sun is like runs pretty well. shining across the mud and it can look pretty cool for moments but then inevitably that something is not happens. how bike physics work. nope it's not wow nope there are no tricks in this game matt you there can no tricks you know you can flip forward or backwards but it you rotate so slowly don't do it you would need to jump the size of a skyscraper to complete a complete flip before you land it back on the ground again. Have we learned nothing from SSX? Yeah. The, or the other... There, I, you can yeah. see where I tried it. There. Or the other M, MX versus ATV games? Which were great! There have been great 
MX versus why, ATV games. Why in the world would you find it necessary to try to be realistic in this game? I, I have no idea. And it goes way deeper than that, Matt. Because I've seen videos of, the, of older ones that are like, you're just doing crazy stuff in midair yep. all the time. Yeah, they're more arcade style. This is all about realism. So one thing that I kind of like about it is it's a little bit like Excite Bike 64. Do you remember when you first played that? Or maybe you haven't played it, but... I played Excite Bike 64. Remember when you first played it? Like, it seemed like it was really hard and obtuse, but then you realized that you needed to, like, make sure you were landing on the downside of each jump to keep your mm-hmm. speed up, and then it became almost too easy. That This game uses that same aesthetic. The idea is that you need to land on the downslope of the next jump to keep your speed up. If you don't do that... You'll get passed by the whole pack. This is also one of those games where the rubber band AI is so terrible that if you make one mistake, Oof. you get passed by the whole group and forget trying to catch them. You'll never catch them again. So if you make one big mistake in this, just restart the whole race. It's one of those types mm. of games. Um, there are weird. I think it's time the entire racing game world adopted Forza's rewind system. Yep. Well, there actually, I think there is a little bit of a rewind in this. But here's the thing, Matt. The rewind doesn't work the way it's intended, and if you try to just reset your bike on the track, it is complete. First of all, it takes forever, literally five or six seconds before you get put back on the track. And second of all, where you get put back on the track, you have no way of guessing where you're going to be put back on the track. I've been put back like a quarter of a mile before because these tracks, they kind of like interact with each other. Like you could be halfway down the track, but there's a turn that's 10 feet away from a turn that's like at the beginning of the track. And so sometimes it will mis- make the mistake uh, and put you back on that part of the track that's at the beginning of the track. It's it, using some kind of weird proximity thing. Right. It doesn't yeah. know which part of the track it needs to put you back on. Um, as Matt Ooh. said, the physics look terrible. These are brand new physics for this game. They built them brand new. I never got my head around any of them. Like the four-wheelers, I got pretty good with, and I could win every race with the four-wheeler. I never want to race motocross, ever. I never want to race in a UTV, ever. Like, I never got to the point where I went into a corner and I knew how the bike was going to react and how it was going to shoot out of that corner and how it was going to direct me into the next jump or whatever. And so, in conjunction with no trick, it is just... This game is a disaster. The CPU is really aggressive. I thought the AI was good at first. I was like, oh, wow, these guys are like banging me and they were kind of smart at first. But coupled with the fact that you can't handle the bikes, it makes the game nearly impossible. Like on motocross or UTVs, I was finishing in like seventh place, 10th place. I couldn't even get like anywhere near the top three. Four wheelers, first place every time. It's so bizarre. Um, you were talking earlier about, you know, how they were kind of arcadey initially and how they become more sim. This game uses this weird system where as you're going up a, up a jump, you pull back on both of the sticks. And then when you launch off of the lip of the jump, you, you, my Apple watch, you push forward as you go off the jumps. And so if you're coming, here's the thing, Matt, you also turn with both analog sticks. So you turn loose, like. Simple turns, you use the left stick. If you need a really tight turn, you double down with the right stick. So if you ever go around a turn in this game, and then there's a jump right after the turn, you have no chance because you're using both sticks to turn, and then suddenly you're supposed to pull back and then push forward as you go off the jump. It's just, it's crazy. There's all kinds of hit detection problems. There's times where you're just rolling down the track, and your bike just flips. Like, there's some invisible object that you can't see that the bike hits, and the bike just flips over. So I've had the bikes just stop. 
It it's so Oh, what was that? Bad. Probably what I was talking about. I was looking at my notes, I didn't see it, but probably what I was talking about. Now you ba- it bounced off something rather invisible. Yeah. To the it, side of the track. It happens all the time. The UTVs, they do not change the tracks for the UTVs. So you get in these areas of each track where it's a choke point and all the UTVs just jam together. They can't fit through <laughs> the tracks because they made they left the tracks the same for all the different vehicles. I mean, that's probably true to life. Maybe. But like then don't put the UTVs in the game. I no licensed vehicles, Matt, either. Hmm. They are coming as the licensed vehicles in this are coming as DLC. <laughs> Basically, they're like, you know what? We're not taking the risk of licensing this stuff and having our game tank. If you want the licensed vehicles, you're going to pay extra for those licensed vehicles. It is just one god awful thing with this game after another. It's again, I've not played a game this bad in I don't know how long. And I'm fortunate that I haven't had to. It is interesting getting back into the dregs of the industry once again. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's bike customization. It's really hard, and there's tons of parts. But it's really hard to tell like any difference when you attach the parts. That's if the parts appear that you unlock in the first place. Like You can buy some parts as well, and those seem to work okay. But the ones you actually earn, I could never get them to appear to... Huh. install onto my bikes it's crazy um and as far as the graphics you've been seeing it it's no big deal this is the ps5 version you're seeing some of the lighting on the mud looks okay but otherwise they're you know there's nothing remarkable about yeah i'm tired of looking at this yeah exactly and it's been what 10 minutes yeah <laughs> it's been 10 minutes and you're sick of watch looking at the game already um i stuck with it for many hours i kept hoping that like eventually something would click and, like, the physics and the controls, I'd be like, oh, I get it now. Like, I understand what... And I, it never happened. It never happened. I played it way too long. Where well, you can see there, 14th place I finished with the UTV. Oh. <laughs> Out of, I think, 15. 16. 16. So I, I managed yourself to... short. I, I managed <laughs> to beat two racers in this race. Um, I don't know what's happened to this studio. They used to make great racing games. And it has just completely... Who publishes these? This is THQ Nordic now. Mm. It used to be published by, was it Activision back in the day? Sounds right. Or Acclaim, maybe. Oh, Acclaim, yeah. Acclaim did love their off-road stuff. I think it was Acclaim, yeah. Acclaim. R.I.P. But but this is another license that THQ bought, that Nordic bought off the scrap heap when it started publishing. It bought all THQ stuff. It went and just bought this catalog of franchises that had died. Basically, um, so huge open world. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this game is forty bucks. It's available for PC, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. I would not ever. I wouldn't spend ten bucks for this game until he fix it at least. It's well, just it's free too- on PS Plus. So. Oh, it is. Yeah, this game is free on PlayStation Plus. I think so. Are you sure? I thought it was there's an MX ATV being given away on PlayStation Plus right now. I didn't look too close. I don't think this is it. This game literally just came out. Yeah, but sometimes like new games do that. Hmm. I wonder if why. If you were making this game, wouldn't you try to make that deal? <laughs> what I was going to say was like wait until it ends up being free somewhere. Maybe by then they'll have fixed it. I, I swear I saw this on the PlayStation Plus thing. I mean, I they sent me a PlayStation review code. I don't know why they would bother doing that if it was free on PlayStation Plus. Maybe someone in chat knows. 
Um, no one's really saying anything. Oh, Schneeky says on the highest tier. So if you oh, so if, you're if you're if you're like the eighteen dollar a month guy, all right, you, you can play it. And then I still wouldn't recommend playing it. <laughs> Um, actually, they're saying it might be a trial on the yeah, top tier of PlayStation. I can't tell. Plus. I just see like the stupid things scroll by on the PlayStation Plus like tab thing mm-hmm. or whatever, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. But I know I saw this because I've because you know the, the whole row of the Xbox store was taken up with this stupid thing because like there were so many versions and things like that. So yeah, I swear I saw that cover art. Notice how much easier the four wheelers are, Matt. It's a trial. Okay, it's a demo. Okay. I'm in first place here on the four-wheeler, easily. I just wrecked, flew off of the track, and the, the rubber banding didn't work on this in this mode. Riding the ATVs, it's like the rubber banding is like half of what it is riding the other bikes. Hmm. It, the whole Ooh. thing is just a disaster. That's some of that stuff's like like some of the bouncing off the walls and like clipping off things is like PS2 era. Right? Yeah. Back when games cost a million dollars to develop instead yeah. of whatever gobs of money they they cost now but it's like this is another one of those games that i played matt where i'm just like did they have anybody consulting on this do they have anyone to there to tell them like dude this is busted this is awful I mean, they must they know developers always know but you you make what gets made you have time near the budget to make what you make like that's all there is to it yeah like there's not it's it's just like I said back when the Halo thing showed I'm like I guarantee you tons of people working on Halo knew that didn't look ter- look good yeah but it's not you know the developers always know in my experience but they make what they can make in the amount of time and budget they're given yeah it's just really crazy to see how far the studio has fallen sometimes you just there's some horrible decisions being made at the top publisher or head of development team development company or whatever but usually the developers are very honest if you especially if you corner them at a party uh, about what they made. About what they, what things ended up being. Yeah. Now, Swanland says he just checked. Legends is a trial. One of the older games might be free. Mm. Yeah. So, there you go. Are there, are there legends in the MXATV world? I mean, there are definitely legends in motocross, for sure. Like that Dugan guy. and Yeah, there's a bunch of them. The Metal Who Militia. Who forget the legend of the Dugan guy? But the Metal Militia and all that. <laughs> like, they didn't uh, license any riders either. Like, yeah, well, it's like, if, if, if why are you calling it there's no le- <laughs> That's if, you didn't, if you didn't license anything? <laughs> I think, to your point, Matt, I think they knew that this game was going to suck. And they're it like, does, why would does, we spend all this money on these licenses? It does feel a little bit like a punt. Yeah, yeah. Just get it out. You know what? I think it may have... Maybe Sony time. published the early MX versus ATV games. Yeah, I don't remember. Weren't they PlayStation exclusives for a while? That sounds right. I think I they know. were. I can't possibly... There might not be another more like prominent, long-lived franchise I have paid less attention to yeah. than, than this one. <laughs> like, I really... I remember my early in my career, my first year and a half at GameSpot, one of the first studios that I that went to ridiculous. visit was Rainbow Studios. And yeah. I was excited to go yeah. there and check it out. And I was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, back then, their games were good and people loved them. But because they've been doing the series since PlayStation 1, I think. Yeah, it goes way back. I remember selling. Yeah, I remember selling these games in the in the used game store I worked in. Back they in used 90, to sell pretty well, too. Yeah. yeah. People used to like it, but not anymore. And understandably why it is a disaster. I remember there were copycats on like the N64 and stuff. Oh, so Vincent says THQ published MX. Sony published ATV. Mm. And so I guess they ended up combining the two together for this franchise that when it went multi-platform wow. or whatever. So this was like the 
the uh, Warriors Orochi of, <laughs> of off-road motorsports. Yep. Uh, if you're a glutton for punishment, it's twenty bucks. That would be twenty bucks flush down the toilet. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm imploring you to stay away from this game if at all possible. There are some people like I have a, um, a brother-in-law. He's a huge motocross guy, and you know my my nephew. His son is like already racing motocross bikes and stuff like that. And so maybe there are some people out there that are really into this stuff. Like, yes, I w- but if you're doing that, why would you want to play a video game about it? Just go like, ride just it. Just go do it. Go ride. Yeah. And, it, well, you know, you can't ride all the time. If you're at home at night and you want to play a game and you still want to engage with the sport, I would still stay away from this. I can't imagine this. this is going to be good enough for yeah. someone who... I would go back and look through, like, the catalogs on the, on the stores and try to find, like, an older version of this franchise because it's better. It's better than this. It's... It's a travesty, honestly. Uh, but there you go. That's MX versus ATV Legends. Steer far, far away. All right, let's move on. Next, we're going to talk about a game that Matt and I played as a demo several weeks ago mm-hmm. and both really, really liked it. And now we both have continued on to play the full game, the retail version of the game, and that is Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Um, Matt, we both gushed over this game when we played it as a demo. Now that you've been playing through the whole thing, has your opinion of the game changed at all, or do you still feel the same way? Nope, I think it's still great. Um, I mean, certainly the demo tells you exactly what you're getting. Yes. Um, it, yeah, but, like, there's a lot of changes. And, like, one thing I, w- I do wish we'd pick different houses. Yeah. Um, because I'm very curious about how different things are if you pick a different team. Because clearly you're with that same team, and I don't... I For mean, a long, long time. long time. <laughs> I remember at some point I, re- I realized that the save not only told told you what chapter you're on, but said part one. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, how far <laughs> is this going? This game um, is huge, by the way. Gigantic. Yeah, you, are, you, you get your money's worth in this game. It, I don't know if it's as long as... Three Houses, the strategy RPG was, it's, 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 which was 60-some hours. It's up there. But I think like, it might be close. If you do everything, especially like all the side missions, get S-ranks and everything, I bet you could stretch oh, into that. Oh, if you got S-ranks on it, if you went back and play, replayed until you got S-ranks on everything, it's easily probably Now, I will hours. say this. I have gotten S-ranks the first try on the last, like, five or six battles. Oh, yeah? Like, I, I usually have to only redo one or two battles per chapter. Yeah, I mean, I get um, S's I, or I A's it, my first time every time. Once I figured out that the thing holding you holding you back from the S-ranks tends to be the time, I'm yep. just like, okay, don't stop and fight the weird little dudes. You'll get all, you'll get the, you'll, you'll, you know, just don't get hit and you'll get the life S-rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll almost certainly kill enough people oh, to yeah. get the, the, the enemies defeated S-rank. All you got to do is beat the time. So I just burn through it as fast as I can and send people to where they need to go to do the side missions. I never do side missions with my character. I always send mm-hmm. other people to do side missions. And they usually pull it off. Yeah. Uh, and then well, I'll tell you the percentage done. chance You're they good. have as well. Yeah, I don't care. I just send them. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like all the way to the left. I'm going right. to be like, no, you can handle it. Get in there. Yeah. Um, I'll jump over. And like, I do like that you can teleport. Um, if you, you get three teleports per per battle. You need it. Which uh, saves Eventually you need it. Yeah, especially when like... You're like, okay, you've, you've cleared the map. Oh, the the final enemy general pops up on the other side all of the map. You're like, the all right, well, I'm just, you can spend like a minute wasting time running back and you just teleport over. The challenge that I've found in this game is sending the your other party members out to the other side of the map and them getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And 
what happens is like they'll get to where they only have like a little bit of health left. You switch and take control of them and you run them out of trouble. And if you switch back to your other character, they will run right back to the trouble again and die. Mm-hmm. Um, that is when I failed missions in this game mm-hmm. is when I was, cause the other thing I've tried to do is you can pick what party members go on each mission with you. And I have done a poor job at times picking the right characters because I'm just trying to level up everybody. So if I ever get to a point where I need a strong, whatever class, I have strong characters in every class that I can use later on in the game if I need them. But a lot of times you end up putting those characters in situations that they are not meant Mm. to take part in and they get beat up real fast. Like if you send a magic user on their own, a good way across from the map, they're going to be in trouble eventually. Like they're not going to, at least in my experience, they very rarely ever manage to complete like Mm. their missions on their own. I've only had one character die. In the whole game, and that wow. was in fact a mage. Wow, that's Lin, crazy. Lin, Lin Hart, Lin, like yeah. the guy, I never use him. That because yeah. it was exactly what you said. He was like everyone else was like level twelve, and he was like level five. Well, you can pay to level up the characters yeah. in this, well, and it's really cheap. Actually, it's pretty cheap. Also, I feel like uh, if you if you feel you can spare a character slot in a battle, you can just caravan them into yep. your uh, you know have them be your whatever you call it adjunct or adju- right there's a word for it but basically you absorb them in your character and they become part of your super move mm-hmm. and they, but they get experience as you kill things so yep. it's a good way to level them up they, can, they piggyback basically on you um, yeah yeah I've, i mean i do pay close attention when i when i start a battle like to you know go through the map and like switch through characters and only pick ones with a lot of blue arrows, you know, mm-hmm. and I send them where they need to go, where I know the blue arrows for them are. And it usually takes care of it well enough. Yeah. Um, and to be honest at this point, like my Shay is like, um, she's like level 45 and the next highest level is like 27. Like she's mm-hmm. burning through shit right now. You cannot. Yeah. she, she is a God on the battlefield unless the main character from three houses shows up basically, mm-hmm. unless Byleth shows up. Um, who is like really the only legitimately tough fight in the game? That's true. As far as like you having to like just yeah. beat someone, your character is so overleveled compared to everybody else. I'm going to answer the question that I ask you now, and I will say that I I have not enjoyed the game as much as I did the demo because it does a lot like Three Houses did. It does settle into this repetitive grind after a while, and that's what I'm showing you now with this new B-roll. What the game ultimately becomes, where you go back to your village after each battle and you have X number of turns that you can take. You have X number of training points that you can spend. And you basically go and you try to court people to raise your affinity with those people, to find a love interest. Mm -hmm. Um, You cook for them. You send them on chores. Um, I will say this. If you don't want to do any of that, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because well, the training does. You want to do the training, and get your mastery of the the. You can change classes there and, and all and that all stuff. That. Yeah, but all the 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 you know the ABC rank things like the relationship rank. All that does is change how fast or what you can do when you have them caravan with you. Oh. When you when you absorb them and have them you know work into I can't remember what the name of the the actual game term for what you do is. Mm-hmm. It starts with an A. Um, but it, that yeah, that is it, that affects that. Other than that, like I have not seen an actual result from that. If you look at it up in like the little like explanation thing, it literally says the higher your rank, the the more bonuses you get when you team up with them in in that thing. And like I rarely do that anyway, except to level somebody up. So like not, if you don't want to do the relationship stuff, you don't care about the character conversations, which I do. I, I like the characters in these. In the this writing. Game. This is insane. How much writing there is in this game. A lot of voice acting. Like, and the all voice this acting. Stuff is voice. It's, it's really crazy. crazy. It really is nuts. 
And like you've seen the world you've map. You've got all the paralog stuff, which is all these like side missions that are specifically yeah. specific to each character, and they give you a certain team you have to take. And you Some can see on the world map, there's hard. that little girl running back and forth at that one building. Like if you rescue her, then she appears in the actual village. Yeah, she, she's back a in rare, the, she sells rare. She stuff. sells rare stuff. It's just it's insane. But it ultimately the game for me is, has settled into this kind of repetitive pattern. And to your point. The battles themselves are almost like a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not. They're not challenging. My lead character is so OP at this point, and I have like four or five characters that are just so high leveled that if I want to just walk through a map, I can. I'm creating the challenge myself by taking these underpowered characters on the missions with me, mm-hmm. trying to... Well, even that doesn't really work for me because everybody is... Even the characters I don't use have leveled up a lot from the bigger battles because they, right. they, they get involved. You know, they're not part of your four-person main team, but they mm-hmm. are there and they get XP for it. Because so, the combat gets very repetitive. It looks very flashy. Like, if you're watching Game Face a few weeks ago when we talked about it or you're watching this now, you're probably like, oh, my gosh. Like, And it is amazing, Matt, that the Switch doesn't slow down. With yeah. all these characters on screen at a time. I've seen a couple of slowdowns maybe twice in like 40 hours. It's, it's amazing. V- it's like, I don't very, know how very... they've they've done this on Switch. I think it's just they've, they've kind of perfected this engine. I guess. Like, like, you know, because they, Hyrule Warriors, they've, they've gotten a little better about that in every Warriors game on, you know, Nintendo Warriors game. And this is this is the best they've ever done. I I because I will still say, and this is some people would say this is damning with faint praise, even people who like the series. I will still say this is the best Musou game ever made. I'd agree with that still because it's, I hate Musou games now, though. I think they suck. Like I don't want to play the modern them. ones. Generally, I I think the last really great Musou game was probably Samurai Warriors Four. And I am enjoying this, and I have played this already probably like thirty hours, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like for sixty bucks or whatever they're charging for this, that it's worth the money. But I. You, the combat, it's too thin for each character. Like, there just aren't enough attacks. After a while, it just you're just going through the motions with the attacks, waiting for your cooldowns, to, and it just becomes this pattern. And it just kind of does... It's not fun anymore. I just felt like I was a robot. I'm like, I feel like a monkey could play this game at this point. Go back to the camp. Do all the stuff at camp. Go back out, fight this. My guys are so overpowered. I really think a monkey could hold a controller and probably finish the levels if I gave him my four best party members to go and, and play. Um, so for me, my enjoyment of this game did diminish over time. And I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to drag my butt across the finish line and finish the game at this point. But to what I said before, I've already got the, the money's worth and then some from this game. Like I've already played it 30 some hours and really enjoyed it. Mm. And I would not have regretted buying this game but for full price. Like, like I never get tired of that super attack. Like when you'd knock their armor down to nothing and they could do the thing and just juggle like a, th- a thousand guys in video. Like, I, I never get tired See, of it. See, I do. I did get tired of it after. I've I seen don't. it like a thousand times. But like getting that, like getting that through that defense and, and getting that done, I really, I still really enjoy that. And look, there's some, there's some hidden skill to it. Like, there's a skill to hurting all the enemies. Yeah. Cause you are, it's, this game is almost kind of like hurting, honestly. It's like knowing how your attacks are going to blow the enemies back and where they're going to land and how you can kind of shape the group of enemies into this huge mass and then yeah, keep as, them all airborne and don't let them hit the ground because then they get their armor back and right it's, and then uh, you use that big finisher attack and it is quite amazing and you get this gigantic damage total and you're like yeah and that for the first 20 some hours I, i'm with you i i enjoyed it but it finally got to the point where i'm like i i, I don't care anymore yeah, i still like it and i still think the story is interesting i want to see where it goes i'm very curious what happens if you pick another 
mm-hmm. like what the story looks like. Yeah, because we did side. end up ch- choosing the same yeah, house we both somehow. Picked, uh, Edelgard's team, and mm-hmm. I would be very curious to see what. Cause I assume the story is the same. Like Edelgard starts like a big invasion thing, and I ma- I would guess that if you're on like Claude's team, like you are dealing with sort of the consequences of that from his point of view. Um, I wonder what that's like. I wonder if the different parts are are playing the different. I wonder houses. too, Matt, because one thing I will say is you're right. The story of this is good. In fact, it's very Game of Thrones. Like yes. you can tell, it's very Game of Thrones. It's cutthroat. Yeah. It's like so. If you played Fire Emblem Three Houses, the strategy RPG, you have built relationships with a lot of the characters in this game, and a lot of those characters were on your team before. And mm. now in this game, I found myself betraying them. And, like, killing them and attacking them. Like, the characters that ran, like, the school in Three Houses, yeah. I was killed them. Yep. It turns out that if Byleth didn't join the school, a lot of things turn out real different. Yeah. And so I was, you're and right. I like that there's a lot of the, they, they deal with the kind of the whole thing where it's like, and, and your character is confused, too. They're like, didn't this person just betray you, and now you're welcoming them back? And, yeah. and Edelgard's like, yeah, but that's just politi- politics. Yeah. They're a noble, so you have to sort of bring them back. It'd be harder to control things if, they, if you don't let them back in, and we'll just have them change the whoever's in charge to, to be this, uh, their son, and their son is more open to things. And da, da, da. And it's just like, you know, they're playing the politics of it and the idea of all these characters. And the, the other idea is that Game of Thrones uh, managed to nail, uh, which is like all these people know each other. Like, most of them are, are related to each other. Yeah. You know, like, they've yeah. all spent time at the same parties. They've all spent time at the same meetings. They've all spent time at the same festivals. And, like, they all know each other. And they're all sort of like, mm, and, like, there's a lot of times where Edelgard's like, like, oh, Claude's smarter than I thought. I mean, I knew he was smart, but I didn't think he'd pull this off, but he pulled it off. So you, we got to give him credit for that. Yeah. And then, like, oh, this guy, Gloucester, is this guy, and he's a jerk, and my father didn't like him, and he didn't like him as this. So now this is very in character, but we still got to bring him over to our side. And, mm-hmm. da, da, da. And like there's a there's a lot of standing around talking about the politics of things, and I think it's it's it works for me because like, a it's clearly inspired by kind of you know the 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 Game of Thrones idea, but it's also like, it works really well in a in a way better than almost any other Fire Emblem game except Three Houses, which does mm-hmm. the same thing to a large degree. Mm-hmm. It feels like a real world. Like it, I, does, it feels yeah. like there's backstory here and there's history here and everybody knows what it is and it doesn't feel too unnatural that people are explaining it because there's a new you know, your character is sort of new to the whole thing mm-hmm. and there's a whole like you know noble versus commoner thing going on that's sort of a upstairs downstairs element yeah. to it that makes it like work that way and like and then they got this weird mystical subplot where like it's like gods are basically possessing certain characters and fighting out their grudges between you that way like yeah it's story's good it's it's really i'm it's, i'm interested where it's going and i don't say that about all the fire emblem games a lot of fire emblem games just are like mm, okay like these guys want to win this fight and want to invade this place and who cares like this is a much more interesting yeah um this is this is honestly a level of storytelling i did not think uh the muso team was was capable of i wonder i'd love to see like an in-depth making of on this game because I don't, I did not think they had this game in them. I didn't either. I, I'm, sh- I'm still shocked by this game and the f- how it does integrate all the stuff from Three Houses. In fact, Swanlin is asking, would you still recommend this to people who have not played Three Houses? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're not going to have it. those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, this person I allied with for 60 hours in this other game, all of a sudden I'm killing them on the yeah. battlefield now, but its yeah, story def- is still great. Yeah, there's definitely an element of like how different the things play out and who different the characters are, and certainly how different they are after the time jump than mm-hmm. they were in the time jump in the in the three, three houses. But like, um, you're still going to get a lot. The story still is very self. You know, you know, all you need to know is that the the Ashen Demon character 
that you choose the gender of at the beginning and name is the main character of three houses that you played. Yeah. So that's the big shift is like, instead of joining the, 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 the school, that character stays a mercenary and is possessed by this monster in the same way that your main character is. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of, cha- that's the, that's the change in the timeline. I would um, actually argue that if you haven't played three houses, you may like this game more than I did because the grind that got to me in this game is the same grind that yeah, was in Three Houses. Lift, yeah, a lot of the grind is lifted from Modern Fire Emblem. Almost directly which from is Three why Houses. It feels so much like Fire Emblem. It, it, it is, yeah. You're doing, you're doing all the same housekeeping, but yep. instead of a turn-based fight, you're having an action fight. Yeah. That's it. And I had already done this for 60 hours. I mean, now it has been a couple years or whatever. But, man, when I finished Three Houses, I was done. I was like, I'm good. Also, I'm just going to point out, you, if you go on a horse, you put some pants on. <laughs> you are not coming back from that ride feeling okay. Well, I think that's the whole idea of this, Matt. This is me trying to hook up with this character. Yeah, but like her entire her thighs are going to no longer have skin on them. So oh. like, you cannot you cannot ride a, a, a saddle without some kind of protection on you. Like you're not you don't wear shorts if you don't, if you can help it on a long ride yeah. into the country. And this is also weird too. This is where you're actually yeah, trying to is, like. So I had to like um, you have to oogle them. You have to like use the camera and like look at them. And well, so I had to like look up answers to a lot of these questions because some of the answers make no oh, sense. Oh, they make no sense. Like in terms of like they make no sense in terms of answers to what they say, and they make no the, the correct answer. But see, it tells you though. See how it says it doesn't always pop up that way. Well, you have to have asked it before. That's how it knows. Yeah. Once you've asked it before and it's wrong, well, I'm not wasting my fucking time yeah. on that. I'm gonna look up the answer because like because it's like. Not, a, lot of, a lot of times, like, the correct answer feels like it has nothing to do with who the character is. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, it I, makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It, again, just like Three Houses. It was oh, the yeah. same I mean, way. Oh, yeah. kind of standard, but, like... But this same stuff was all in Three Houses. And so, honestly, I do think if you haven't played Three Houses, you will probably like the bulk of this game a lot more. Because you yeah. haven't already done it for 60 or hours or however long it took me to finish Yeah, you could argue. Game. you could argue that... It's one or the other. Is you know, if you play one, you don't really need to play the other. Yeah, and you should probably pick which sort of gameplay you prefer—turn-based strategy or action hack yeah. and slash. That's a good way to put it. Yep. I, mean, I would argue though that the turn-based strategy combat is deeper and more thoughtful. Um, I didn't burn out on it as quickly as I've burned out on the combat in this. Um, but if you prefer one over the other, it's not so glaring that you you know. Well, Shane said that it gets repetitive in the hack and slash. Mm-hmm. So I should no. If you like more action-oriented combat, you should pick this instead of Three Houses. But both games are great. It's really good to see Fire Emblem in such a good place where pretty much all the game, even the mobile Fire Emblem, is the is Nintendo's highest-grossing mobile game. This franchise that once at one point had kind of disappeared, really, for quite a while, has really... It's like a phoenix. It has risen from the ashes. Well, it's risen from the Nintendo ashes. Like- yeah. I mean, they still make, you know, Dynasty Warriors 9 wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. It just nobody liked it. Um, it made a very, very poorly considered open world move. Yeah. Um, Samurai Warriors game stayed pretty solid. Um, and there's been more Warriors Orochi games for some reason. Mm-hmm. They did a One Piece game. They did a Fist of the North Star game. Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting for them to do a Yakuza. But I still agree with you, though. This is the <laughs> best Yakuza Muso I have played in probably 15 years. Yeah. It's really good. So if you're into this genre, you've been waiting for a good one to come along, no-brainer. Yeah, this is real close to my, like, I wish they'd make this game all these years, and mm-hmm. they finally did it. And I didn't, certainly didn't expect it to be the sequel to a Fire Emblem spinoff, but here we are. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, it really works. I think it's I think it's the best, certainly the best one on the Switch. Uh, and you know, I think to go back to the Dynasty Warriors game, I I like this much. You'd have to go back to five or like empires, five empires or something, mm-hmm. or extreme legends, whatever. Who can who can tell anymore? <laughs> the nomenclature for those games was always a little goofy. You always get the, the basic one, then you get the extreme legends one, which is basically just like more stuff. Then you get the Orochi version. Then you get, then you get the uh, empires, which right, is the right. supposed strategy version. Right. Which sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. And then you yeah. have Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Well, that's it's, the stra- that's the it's, it's all like exactly. It's crazy. That's, that's a whole different series. Yeah, and but tied in with a lot of the times the same characters. Oh, it's, all, that, it's, it's all Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah. based on the old Chinese novel mm-hmm. legends, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's history, but it's also mythology mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, um, like all these people seem all these characters seem to have been real people, mm-hmm. but they. But we're, we're maybe Lubu probably didn't kill a thousand right. people in one <laughs> blow. And, but, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. It's all cool. Samurai Warriors is is uh pretty legit. You know, like legend, they typically legendary. to me are the best of the series. Samurai, Samurai Warriors, Warriors is really good. Uh, most of those, are, and they actually did one. Not it's Sam, between four and five. They did one. Soul of some something. Soul of something. Which was very story driven, which I think is the template for what they did here. Mm. Like that's the closest you can get for an actual Warriors game doing what Fire Emblem is doing here. Yep. Um, they must have gotten some of the team from that to do this one because that's that's by far the more story driven, the most story driven Muso game they've ever made yep. until this. But that's two thumbs up from Matt and I. Um, I did start to burn out on it, but I had already got my. If I had paid for the game, I would have already got my money's worth by the time I started burning out. And again. A lot of that is because I had just played a lot of the and used a lot of these systems for a really long time, not that long ago, uh, with three houses. So mm-hmm. um, if you're even vaguely interested in this series or in this genre, I think it's a buy from both of us. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's really really good. I mean, it is repetitive. I mean, by the nature of what it is, it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. But if you like this, the idea, if you like the Fire Emblem, if you like the art style, like whatever, like that, this is this is the pinnacle of Muso at this mm-hmm. point. Like I, I don't think they've ever made anything better. I agree. Okay, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Battlefield as a franchise. It has been an interesting week for EA, Matt. Um, First, we find out that the next Battlefield is going to have a campaign. Try that again. Is that good news or bad news to you, Matt? Uh, It's negative. It's nothing news because (laughs) I'm not going to play it. You fooled me once, fooled me twice, done. Have you played a Battlefield campaign recently? Because I really haven't, I guess I, I really haven't last, been I think, any. I think the last Battlefield campaign I played was Battlefield One, the World War One. Yeah, one. and that World was World War One. One. That was the last real campaign in a Battlefield game. Was it? I thought there yes. was a World War Two one. There was Battlefield Five, but its campaign was ninety minutes long, hmm. three chapters, and they were all self-contained. In fact, Battlefield One was Five, the one where everyone's mad that there was a girl in World War Two. That's Battlefield Five. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. It's five, the one that everybody's yeah. mad about. That. So mm-hmm. Remember the I did not play initial trailer one. for it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I did not. And play then the that game one. ended up being nothing like the, I think the last one I played was Battlefield <laughs> One, and I played the the one whichever the one I think the first one they did a campaign for, which involved that jet level that you couldn't. It was all on rails and you couldn't skip anything. Oh, oh yeah, my God, that's right. What a nightmare. Yeah, they have never done good campaign. The, the closest to a good campaign no. Dice has ever done is actually Battlefront Two. Yep, that was okay. That was yeah, that was definitely the best one that they had done, no doubt about it. Um, Yeah, I can't remember the last or if there was ever a Battlefield campaign that I really liked. Battlefield Bad Company Two has a good campaign. It does. You're right. That's like the only one. (laughs) 
You're right. That the is bad like companies the have pretty good campaigns. Yeah, but that and they haven't made a bad company in what Forever. Thir- thirteen years, fourteen years at least. Remaster that shit. Yeah, if you want to, you want to get my, you just remake those and I'll I'll buy them. Yep. But even remember Battlefield One, the campaign was these self-contained missions yeah. they weren't it wasn't a campaign that like had one set of characters that went through all the chapters of the campaign there are all these little self-contained stories and i would argue not really a campaign i really think the first or the last a short story collection basically, yeah which i think is is fine like I, I think that's a pretty good way to approach it if you're if you're not interested in or not up to making a big grand sweeping story yeah like Call of Duty tries to do. I think that's a valid approach, especially it if you're is. trying to like kind of show that like this war was going on different. You know, like the show like you know, you want to show like you know, the, the battle in Finland and, and like do, you know, show a sniper in Finland who's like dealing you know, trying to defend their homeland. You want to cover tank crew. You want to cover uh, you know, yeah. like yeah, jump around like show show it was like in Africa for a tank crew. Show it was like, you know, if you're stuck in the the trenches uh, in 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 the Battle of the Bulge and you can't you know, there's no reinforcements coming, you just got to hold out. So the the, the the siege of Stalingrad. Like you can jump all over you know, the air war against Britain. Like, you know, what it was like to having to fight the Battle of Britain if you're a, an RAF pilot. Like there's a lot yeah. of cool ideas you can do there and if you can make the writing snappy enough and get yourself pulled in and and understand who these characters are. Like, there's a lot of cool things you could do with that. Yeah. I would just argue that DICE has never managed to do that. The last, to me, the last real campaign in a Battlefield game was Battlefield 4. And that campaign was offensively bad. I can't remember what what that was. Um, You maybe remember the trailer for it. It had, like, this gigantic building that looks like it's going to fall on top of you. Yeah. That was, like, one of the big moments in the campaign, and it was in the trailer. That's what most people, I think, that's the iconic moment from the campaign that people remember. But it actually had, like, a group of soldiers who stuck together through the whole campaign instead of jumping all over the place. What was the one with the first one they did a campaign in? Was that three? Yes. Yeah. So and that was, I that was completely three, forgettable. So I played three and I played one. <laughs> I think that's three yeah. and one. Yeah. And then Battlefield Five was kind of the same thing, self-contained, but it was even way shorter. It was literally mm-hmm. 90 minutes or two hours. And they're also dealing with a problem. Like, I've never felt like the, the Battlefield campaigns, you know, certainly not the ones built in Frostbite, they never feel concrete they never feel yeah. real they yeah like it always feels like you're playing in a world of cardboard somehow like like, like it's all about to unravel like there's, a, there's <laughs> an element of the call of duty games where it feels you feel like like you're you're, you're playing someone whose boots are on the ground you feel, you feel like there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a tangibility to the world in the Call of Duty campaigns yeah. that is just not there but maybe the just a subconscious games. lack of trust in that could be the frostbite engine yeah, it really could be. It just all, frostbite stuff always feels like you're on like a high school play set. Yeah, like know? it's all taped like together the flats are with about like to fall glue and paper mache. Yeah. I agree. I feel the same exact way. A Swanlin says, "Does hard, did Hardline have a good campaign? Does that count?" Hardline was a complete <laughs> departure for the Hardline Battlefield was franchise. Like, where you're like a SWAT. Team you're, yeah, you're like it's right? like yeah. it wasn't even really Battlefield. It was a complete. It, I mean, I struggle to even say that that was a Battlefield game. I feel like that was. A game that was supposed to be something else that they slapped the Battlefield name onto. Yeah, that felt like some kind of weird... Yep. That felt like a rejected Medal of Honor pitch. Yep. Well, so they are bringing back the campaign for the next Battlefield game. Basically trying to save the franchise, let's be honest. Uh, And they've brought in Halo co-creator Marcus Leto, who you would think if anyone can handle making a decent campaign, he might be someone who could do that, although... Some people would argue that the Halo campaigns, going back and playing them now, aren't amazing, but that's up to your own sort of experience playing that franchise. Um, but 
the official line from EA when they hired Marcus Leto was he's here to create a best-in-class single-player campaign experience with a player-first mentality motivated by a passionate aim to understand and serve the players who are engaged with the game. Um, and then in the job listing that for the job that he got, it was... The, it said the ideal candidate must have a passion and understanding of single-player campaigns and how to innovate within that space. And then Vince Ampella said in December that EA, and I think Vince is just kind of like the head guy on, like, at EA anymore. Does it seem like that way to you? No, like, I don't think he's it, got the does, title yet. It but It does feel like they're sort of, like, he's sort of the guy that they're like, we don't understand why this doesn't work. Fix but maybe it. Vince does. Yeah, that's Vince. Like, yeah. It feels like Vince is sort of the the fixer now or the or the kevin feige where like you know the, yeah. the feige's reputation at the marvel stuff is that he only shows up if there's a problem no and like it's beginning to feel like maybe vince, vince is, is at, at ea i know well, maybe, he's, maybe he's, he just sent vince to edmonton <laughs> exactly just saying yeah maybe he has some ideas for that dragon age thing yeah and he said in december that uh ea is now looking to create a connected battlefield universe that explores different routes and business oh, there's models. that falling building thing yeah um so anyway EA is trying to revive Battlefield before it's too late. When do you think that that's possible? After battle, what we're seeing right now, Battlefield I mean, it's 2042. possible. I don't know if it's probable. Um, I don't know. I think I it's like hard. at this point you might be you might be better off just renaming shit Medal of Honor and calling it. A day. <laughs> it's it's on the fringe. I would agree. It is right on the edge of no return for this franchise. Like they, you know, the what? next yeah. game will determine if this franchise. You know what survives. I would do if I was in their their shoes. I would do a really, you know, visually amazing, but mechanically very, very similar to the original remake of Wake Island. Mm. And I would put that out as a free demo. Just for goodwill. Just here. You remember why you like Battlefield 1942? Remember when everybody played that fucking demo for like six months over and over and over yeah. and over and over? And then the game came out. We're like, oh my God, more stuff to play. And then we just played Wake Island still. Yeah. Because Wake Island is the best thing they've ever done. I would still rather play Battlefield 2 than any of these other, the ones that came after it. It, Battlefield 2, the multiplayer, was before it became overly complicated. And too complicated, I would argue. Yeah, I never got into that the way you did. You were you were a Battlefield 2 aficionado. Oh man, I played that game um, for probably a thousand hours, I would guess. Yeah, I just didn't... It was the perfect compromise between complexity and user-friendliness. Yeah, the modern thing just isn't as interesting to me yeah. like, in this series. Like, mm -hmm. I like the... Because I mean I th I do agree with you on the on the thing about how it's it got too complicated, but I think one of the beauties of using World War Two is it's simple. Yeah, like you're not using airstrikes. You don't have like I mean you could. They always not, find a way. You're not painting targets. You're not. Doing, it's, it's just like there's yeah. vehicles and there's rifles and there's grenades and there's C four and go. Yeah. You know, like, Mm -hmm. It's you know you're you're not like over dealing with drones and strikes. It, it, it's it, you're trying to simulate too many things at once with modern combat. In terms of like, I think it works for something like Call of Duty, but like Battlefield, just trying to throw you in the middle of this big war zone and run around and do shit. Like I always felt like World War Two was the right choice for that because it was very simple. Yeah. Well, it's like flying the vehicles have become way too yeah. hard. Like flying jets. Have you tried to fly a jet in Battlefield? Now, to be fair, it's, <laughs> it's always a... been impossible to fly stuff in Battlefield. It has. Flying stuff in the original Battlefield 1942 was like you got lucky. You, you were If you saw someone flying around in a plane in 1942 
and they're like straight. We are look at that guy. You, everybody turned into Finn from Force Awakens. That guy's a hell of a pilot because yeah. he didn't crash every time yeah. he looked at the ground. Like <laughs> flying stuff in these games. Is, I mean, remember when they put helicopters in in Battlefield yeah. Vietnam? And you and might like, as well be like, flying you, a real helicopter. You see a guy running the helicopter and just goes straight into the ground. And so those vehicles become a huge advantage in this have become a huge advantage because only certain people dedicate themselves to learn how to actually use them. Like they need to dial it back so anybody can jump in any vehicle and be at least proficient with it right away and won't just fly it mm -hmm. straight into the ground. And I know that part of that was like they were trying to come up with a, re a way to, to discourage people from just sitting around and trying to get in the, in the planes. Because mm -hmm. I remember in the old games, you'd have literally lines. Yeah. People get, and before people turned friendly fire off, if someone beat you to the plane, someone if you beat someone to the plane, it, they would just shoot, shoot you, you before you could take and off. And pull you out of the cockpit. No, they'd just blow your plane up yeah. and wait for the next respawn. And like you'd end up with people in line. Like Half the team would just be in line for a fucking yeah. P-51. That still happens. It's just dumb. Yep. Um, so EA has this new push for single-player Battlefield, single-player games in general. And out of nowhere, even, EA's... Even uh, with the tweet. Yeah, well, then out of nowhere, EA's official Twitter account yeah. set, issues this insane tweet where it says they're a 10, but they only like playing single-player uh, games. So, what, what would you know about 10s, <laughs> EA? When was the last time EA had a 10? Had a 10 game. Mm -mm. But So this is your new push. Okay, Vince and his crew doing amazing things. Game of the year candidate. Fallen Order. With Fallen Your top-selling thing for years. For years. And you're now you realize it. You're pushing for single player, and then you come out with this tweet. They're a ten, but they only like playing single player games. I mean, it's basically EA twisting the knife and insulting single player games. Um, <laughs> not only that, EA has a reputation for killing studios that make single player games. Yeah. If they can't be turned into a live service or some loot box driven game as a service, like they don't care. They have three games now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Vince Zampella replied to that tweet with a facepalm. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That's yeah. a big move, dude. I wonder how long Vince sat there with that facepalm emoji and before he clicked send. Wondering if it was Vince the right... Does, Vince just does shit. You know Vince. He just does shit. Um, and so that was his response. And then Vince did that from his phone by a pool, put it down, and dove in. Like, he, didn't, <laughs> he does not give a shit. We know that. We know that about Vince. Uh, and then a former creative director on Dragon Age, he worked on, um, he worked at EA for Bioware. We all know him, Mike Laidlaw. Mm -hmm. He called EA's tweet tone deaf. And then the Dragon Age writer, David Gator, tweeted that, quote, as usual, EA jumps on a trend, misses the point, punches itself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach Moombach, he was, uh, he was a former developer at uh, Visceral Games on Dead Space until EA shut the studio down because it made single-player games. And he said, quote, This is a company that shut down my studio and laid off 100 great developers because we were making a single-player game. Then stated that EA games never get tens because it forces games out before they're finished. He went on. He's like, yeah, none of your games get tens. He's like, look at your games. They all get sixes and sevens mm -hmm. because you're shoving your games out before they're done. And then he went on this tirade about how EA, you know, it, the scapegoat is the developers. The developers always take the hit and it's really EA just putting out stuff before it should be. What a disaster. This is... To the point that EA's Twitter then disowned their own tweet. Right. And said that was a dumb thing to tweet. 
I'm like, oh, we we switch we switched out who was running the Twitter account now. I see. Okay. I'm guessing that they actually did. Mm-hmm. My guess is whoever was running that social media account is now no longer employed at Electronic yeah, Arts. They can't all be Plants vs Zombies, dude. Sorry. <laughs> Holy crap, man! EA's so a dumb. disaster. It's a disaster. Who would buy this company? Like your only major games in development right now are Dragon Age Four and the sequel to Fallen Order. Yes. Like, the Jedi Survivor, like. You're you're betting on two single player games to save your goddamn company next next fiscal year. Yeah, like what are you doing? It's. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's people. There's a hundred people playing Battlefield 2042 yeah. multiplayer on Steam. <laughs> it's just you can't make this stuff up, and that's why I don't know if you've seen the latest episode of Pactor Factor. It's just Tony Barlog's like, like what? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine's gonna sell like 20 million copies. You know that, right? Yeah, like. Yeah, one of the latest episodes of the Pactor Factor is just titled, like, What the Hell is Going On at EA? Yeah. And he says it, like, they ask him uh, who's going to buy EA, and his ultimate answer is nobody. No one's going to buy EA. Not for what EA expects It is a dumpster fire right now. He also admits in that episode that he thinks Battlefield is dead. Like, I he's not even giving it, that. like, an extra game also, like we like, are. If, okay, if you, th- if you think Battlefield's dead, if you're internal at EA and you're like, I don't think we can rehab this. You've got a giant vault of things you haven't touched in 30 years. I know. You really don't think you can make a shooter out of something? I know. Like it's you can't insane. you can't take there's something in there, I promise. I promise there's yeah. something in your stupid vault you haven't opened in for You got Starfield about to come out and set the fucking world on fire. You got Starflight sitting there doing nothing. Well, Matt, they closed the studio. Wing they- Commander sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> they closed the studio that makes Dead Space. And then have to hire some other team no, to remake, to remake while the Dead guy, Space. While the guy who made Dead Space is making a better Dead Space, yeah, no. maybe, in the form of the Callisto <laughs> Protocol. Like, they just, there's no vision. There's no vision at all. It's yep. just astounding. They also showed, for, and Sneaky just mentioned this in chat, which jogged my memory. They just released, like, the first footage of the new Skate, Skate 4, whatever the hell it ends up actually being called. It looks like it's just going to be called Skate, like another one of those reboots. And I know they even say like very very the A of four. Come yeah. on, guys, <laughs> yeah. give, me, give me something. Yeah, they um even even the footage says very 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 early pre-alpha blah 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 through the whole trailer. But that game does not look good. Mm-hmm. It does not look good at all. The physics in the game look terrible. Like when you pop off a I mean, rail, there's ex- no gravity. I like, have zero expectations of anything out of EA that doesn't come out of Respawn or Bioware. At this seriously, point. I mean it's kind of getting to that point. It really is. I, I don't know what's going on over there, but it's a, it's a disaster right now. EA is a disaster. I mean, they're lucky that Madden has rekindled its sales lately mm-hmm. because it was on its last legs there you about hope five they, or six years ago. better hope EA Sports Football Club catches on. Right. They better hope bailing on that FIFA license doesn't bite them in the ass because then yeah. they're in real trouble because then they lose all of that ultimate team money. Which literally gets them through the year. The FIFA Ultimate Team Cash gets EA through the year. And I mean, they still have the players. They just don't have FIFA. It's very weird. So it's going to be real players playing in fake leagues. But people look for FIFA. Like casual players when they go to GameStop. Yeah, Yeah, it it means means the best soccer video game. It just does. Like, and FIFA apparently is planning on ma- having creating like an, basically an in-house developer that will make FIFA games from now on, and that will be an unmitigated disaster. But that first one's going to sell <laughs> a will. lot because it's going to FIFA on it. Yep, you're right. So it's uh, everybody's making a lot of poor choices yep. right now. It's true. 
It's totally true. And EA is the worst of them all, and no one's going to buy EA. You have to be, in, unless you get it I mean, at eventually, a bargain discount. It'll, you know, it'll crash to the point that, like, people just want to get out. Right. And then you'll take, like, a really low number. Like, But, like, right now what they're asking is, like, no, that's not worth that. Yeah, it's not worth it. All you've got to offer is a back catalog at this point. Yeah. Like, what do you, what, what would anyone want? And, like... <laughs> THQ Nordic. And by the nature of... <laughs> THQ Nordic loves that crap. And by the nature of the... Because um, THQ Nordic can do stuff with it. They know that there's some value in there. Yeah. EA hasn't touched any of that. They don't even put out collections of stuff. I know. Like Which just, is just a no-brainer yeah, money just, grab. Just do a quick remaster. people would be remaster. okay with. Just do a quick remaster of all the old Command & Conquer games. Yeah. Again, again they've done Money in the bank. Just do it. Yeah. You're done. Figure out some license thing and put out the Battle for Middle-Earth games again alongside the Amazon series. That shit would sell. Yep, it would. You can't get that anywhere anymore. Nope. Battle for Middle-Earth 2. The Battle for Middle-Earth 2 games and the expansion go for hundreds of dollars now. <laughs> it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Like, they're all mm-hmm. just, just sitting there. It's all because of EA's poor management. Yep. Yep. So anyway, there you go. That's the latest on EA and on Battlefield. Neither, in my opinion, are looking good. Yeah, in Vincent, the they future. did a Command and Conquer collection, but it wasn't a good Command and Conquer collection. It was just about a couple of the generals' games. Yeah, let's take a look at um, chat and see the if you guys have anything to say. Oh, Vincent does say they did the CNC collection. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't full. It wasn't the whole thing. They did a ten year collection at one point that had everything up to that point, and it. it was great. Schneeky says he thought Skate looked good. No. Nope, it does not look good. It, again, I skated for like 11 years, and I don't even think it really matters that much that I skated. Checking that out, just watch the footage again. Watch when they're sliding or grinding a rail and they pop off the rail. They There's no gravity. They just float off into the air. It, I think it looks terrible. But it is a long ways away. Yep. They can fix it. They can. Oops, there adjust. goes gravity. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't know. Who's making that? Is it in-house people? Or? It's a new studio, yeah, mm-hmm. that they new group of people. But I think a lot of them were people who worked on Skate before, that they got back together to work on it. Uh, Justin Horman says, I can never remember what a good soccer game is at any given time, FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer. It's not even called Pro Evolution Soccer anymore. That was another stupid decision by Konami to change the name of its soccer franchise that it has had for, like, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Now it's just called, like, eSoccer or some crap. Like... And PES did pretty well for a while. Pro Evolution Soccer goes back to, like, the N64 days. Yeah, there was a real competition yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know while. what... These companies, like... Everybody just, everybody just go back to International Superstar doing? Soccer 64. Yeah. That was oh. the best one. Yeah, and then he goes on to say, I mean, didn't they stop making Pro Evolution Soccer? They didn't stop it. They just changed the name of it, which... It stopped for a little while. I thought, I thought it there skipped was, a It went, years. like, free to play. It, beca- mm. it quit being a paid-for game every mm. year. Which, again, is really dumb. LAPD Future Cop. There's another one they're not using. Yeah. The the Strike games. The stri- You could make some really cool things out of the, the, the Desert Strike franchise. Um, it doesn't even have to be military themed. It could just be sci-fi stuff. It could be weird things like that. You could do some cyberpunk stuff or something. Yeah, Schneeky says uh, Mass Effect remasters. They just literally just did that. They did remake. Yeah, the remake of... The, yeah, they did that. That's yeah. the one thing they got right. But that was probably because Bioware kept bugging them about it. And people loved it. Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, it did really well. Um, Scorpio's finest. I just played Battlefield 4 campaign for the first time and thought it was pretty fun. Wow. Okay. Well, different strokes for different folks, I guess, because I think it's straight trash. And I'm not alone. Go back and look at reviews for that game. Everybody even, thought it was straight it. trash. Uh, winning 11. Yeah, that was a franchise that was around for a while. For some too. reason, I always thought Winning 11 was a horse racing game. It was I don't great. Know why. That's, um, uh, what is that franchise in Japan called? It's winning something. Yeah. 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 I think that's why. That's why you're confusing it. Yeah. Yeah. And they never really come out over here either. 
Uh, okay, looks like you guys that, don't have a lot to say. Remember that crazy arcade game that when we were there that one year that was like horse racing? It was like 14 people all sat at a thing. And oh, yeah. With the cards, and they all bet. It was like a continuous <laughs> betting thing. Like, wow. It's crazy. Thing. Some The, the money that, that was... On. I mean, the money that was spent to build something like yeah. that. Assuming I mean, people would play it. would be a mobile game. Right. Right? Because that's what that was. That was really, it was. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Okay. It's time to move on. Winning post. Winning post. That's what it was. Yep. That's it. Very Gooster new. Yep. Uh, Okay. We're going to talk next about Sucker Punch. The studio. Do you think it... Would you consider Sucker Punch PlayStation's most underrated first-party studio? I think they have been for a long time, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair label to give Sucker Punch. Because oh. it was it was Naughty Dog. Because back in the day in the PS2, it was Naughty Dog, Insomniac, and Sucker Punch were making the big three platforming games on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And the other two went on to Fame and Fortune, and Sucker Punch still there, but doesn't get mentioned in the same breath as the other two. And and some of that is some of that's not fair. Some of it is fair. Some of it is fair because Infamous isn't really on the level of say Uncharted. Yep. Um, but like, no, I, th- I think Sucker Punch is, has always been extremely talented going all the way back to their first game, Rocket Robot on Wheels on the N64, which is a criminal that that is not get included on more collections. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good even today. It is. It um, does hold up still. A physics-based 3D platformer that stands out even on the N64, which is full of 3D platformers. Um, I really like Sucker Punch, and I'm really glad they found their, their success with Ghost of Tsushima now because they're, well, it, they're finally getting that respect. It finally reached... That Naughty Dog yeah. and Insomniac level yeah, with that game. But they didn't lose their identity. Right. There's, it still feels like a Sucker Punch game. It still has that use of color they've always had. Yeah. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, as much as... I will say, even as I think, you know... I think probably remastered Spider-Man and Miles Morales and Last of Us 2 are better looking games overall in terms of like tech or whatever yeah but there is no game on the playstation 4 or 5 i have taken more screenshots of than ghost of tsushima yeah it's the prettiest game it just every every around every corner there's a painting over every it's hill incredible yep absolutely um some people were, were wondering despite the success of ghost of tsushima and despite the fact that it's already common knowledge that they're working on ghost of tsushima too a lot of people are fans of its older output um, we talked about Infamous already. Um, you talked about platformers, but you didn't mention that their platformer was Sly Cooper. Um, so people are wondering, okay, like what's going to happen with the, your older IP? And a lot of people were hoping maybe that even if Sucker Punch isn't going to make games for those two IP, that maybe they will license it out to some other studio. Sony, by the way, you know, is licensing out a lot of its IP to other developers that mm. didn't start the IP. Well, this week, Sucker Punch poured a bucket of cold water not only on the idea of it creating new games in the infamous or sly cooper franchises but also on the idea that some other studio might be working on either of those franchises it said and i have the direct quote here um it says as our games continue to grow in scale and complexity they require the full attention of our studio with our focus on our current project goes to tsushima too we have no plans to revisit infamous or sly cooper right now and no other studio is currently working on projects related to those franchises either. How does this hit you, Matt? That's too bad, but it's not. Yeah, I do wish the Infamous games um, and the Sly Cooper games could be rescued from the PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it should not shock anyone that in, the Sucker Punch is done with Sly. Like, I think they were done with Sly when they let someone else make Sly 4. 
Um, I recently which, by the saw... way, is one of the only games that cannot be ported properly to cannot be played properly on a modern system because it requires the six axis. Mm. In and for whatever reason, does not recognize modern. People are saying it doesn't recognize modern. The modern uh, controllers, the DualShock Four, so and you the couldn't sense. you couldn't play it on a, even if you could do like a PlayStation Now thing, it would probably be a problem to get through the the aiming sections with that. Mm. Um, motion control always a mistake. Also, Sly um, Cooper, I just recently saw sold horribly. Sly like, Cooper was definitely the the third place runner up. Its uh, best selling entry sold less than three million units. But I love the Sly Cooper. Games. Me too. They're Adam's um, favorite. Yeah, Adam loves those guys. Adam, he loved them, man. He does a great impersonation of Bentley. Yes, Adam he does. does. He does. <laughs> He's the turtle character from and, Sly Cooper. Um, I like the Infamous games. Um, I, I mean, would I buy like a Sly Cooper collection or an Infamous collection? Absolutely. I would absolutely buy I would love to see Infamous saved from the PS3. I would love to see Sly Cooper collection make it off the PS3. I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. But I also understand if they want to, you know, move on. And uh, I would, I would, ra- if yeah, if you made me pick one, I would pick uh, Sly Cooper. Oh, really? I would, I would definitely rather see Sly Cooper make the jump forward because I, I, I have more fondness for them overall than Infamous games. Even though I do like the Infamous games a lot, I um, don't. I would, I don't I think hate like, the Infamous games. They just never resonated with me. I was never excited to play an Infamous game. Now, Infamous once I would start playing them, I enjoyed them. But it was I never like oh there's a new infamous coming I can't wait like the infamous games are always, have always been a few frames off what I felt like I wanted them to be, um, in particular like they never quite came up with any superpower sets that I really wanted yeah like, the biggest problem I ran into in this one uh, which is second son mm-hmm. um, where they just randomly decided instead of having it star uh, the same the normal guy we're just gonna have it be Troy Baker. Because um, <laughs> he does Baker, everything. Troy Baker plays a Native American boy for some reason. <laughs> um, I I remember ending up with like tons of upgrades I didn't spend in this game because you I didn't want, want any of his powers. I'm like, all your powers look dumb. I don't like the closest I got was the neon ones. Like his yeah. powers were all centered on like basically city stuff. Like he could merge with concrete and like mm. control neon and stuff. And I'm like. I, the, I always felt like the powers didn't feel good to use. Yeah, they, they always felt, and also they always felt like a weirdly underpowered until you use the super version, and then they felt like it was overkill. And I never felt. And the other thing is, like, I wished, and you know, this is just me, kind of as as a superpower, you know, fan nerd. I always wanted these games to be more like pick a power and you can have it. Like I was always a, I was I remember when the first one came out I was a little annoyed that you were that Cole was locked into being electric. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of yeah. like oh I wanted to also pick like flame or like ice. I wanted to pick my superhero powers. Yeah. And not have to be like oh you're you're going to play as an electric guy whether you like it or not. And there's a lot of cool stuff that he could do. You know I'm not saying like I didn't feel powerful or that he uh, Cole didn't do cool things in both games. I just like I just didn't like being locked into it. I was I, my my dream superhero game always would would let me kind of tweak things a lot more than the infamous games let me. Um, and then like Second Son came closer to that, but then it changed all the power sets into things that I thought were kind of lame. Mm-hmm. Um, I never finished Second Son. I did finish one and two. Um, two was actually two was the best one. I think. Yeah, two, these, two these games good. haven't sold especially well either. No, um, they didn't tank or anything. But no, neither did Sly really. But like. 
It well, the expectations were, it, for sales were a lot different back then yeah, than they are it now. Just, it just they were always and also ran in comparison to Ratchet and, and Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I always liked them a lot. And but I, frankly, I think uh, the Sly Cooper games hold up better now. Um, like I think you're going to be able to get more out of those games in terms of playing them now than you would out of like playing this, the infamous games now because the infamous games are going to feel more primitive in the sense that open world like superhero stuff has come along. Yeah, things to compare it to. Whereas like Sly is like, a 3D platformer and like there aren't hardly any of those made yeah. anymore. But also like Sly does a lot of stuff that no one ever did again. Yeah, like Sly has a lot of unique character to it that I think would make it feel unique now even even compared to modern stuff mm-hmm. um so i would love to see the sly games the for the sucker punch ones i, I can but they I sold about half as well as infamous yeah. did but you know i don't know i don't think either one of these franchises is ever coming back I, I think, think the expectations of PlayStation now are just way too high for first party games i think it feels like it needs to sell at least 10 million of each one and neither of these franchises will ever sell I don't sell think we'll ever see a new Sly game, but I think I don't think a collection's out of the out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, maybe. I feel like at some point Sony's going to want to kind of um conglomerate all their all their big games like off the PS3. I think you're going to want to you're going to want to get this and Infamous and Killzone off the that system and and available mm-hmm. to to like continually repackage and make more money off of. Um, I could definitely, I definitely would would agree that we're probably never going to see a Sly Five or an Infamous Four. Um, just to some degree, is is a shame. I would kind of really like to see what an Infamous would look like today, made by maybe a different group with like kind of Sucker Punch Consulting, mm-hmm. um, which didn't work out tremendously well with Sly Four. But I think Infamous um, lends itself more to sort of the direction open world games have gone. I, I mean, it fits. Really mo- cool it it definitely it. fits more in with modern games for sure than Sly does. Like you could, you could make a better Avengers game than Avengers ever did. Yeah. With, with that, yeah. Three um, there, D platformers, there. like they don't come around that often, and I think that works out for the genre because yeah. hashtag release the sucker punch cut. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Restore the suckerverse. Yeah. That doesn't have the same ring to it. The it? other thing too with Sly is that there's a lot of stealth in his games and stealth is kind of one of those things that's just kind of disappeared over time. It hasn't mm-hmm. it's not really all that pop as popular as it was. Because there's a lot of the problem with stealth is that if if you do it poorly, it's just you're playing the game but slow. Mm-hmm. Like that bad stealth is you're playing the game normally, but you're playing it slowly. Sly didn't do that. Sly had a, Sly had a very different approach to stealth sections in Sly were very much their own thing versus the platform. Like here you are, like like he he dropped into his own animation stuff. Mm-hmm. It uh, it played with the light and shadow in a way that like was not part of the normal platforming sections. Um, it moved real snappy. Like it didn't feel like you were moving slow. Um, the stuff he could do with his his like little like hook thing like was able to save you from a lot of mistakes you made like mm-hmm. it, was, it was a good it was a really good series i remember this part of the game in particular whenever i went to see it being demoed for the first time this was the part of the game they showed yeah <laughs> that's odd <laughs> all these years later and like this was also an interesting like way to get around the problem of like um uh 3d platforming angling and and targeting mm-hmm. is like whenever you had those those little pinnacle things those little points with the with the energy on them you could hit the circle button and automatically spin and land on it yeah like you, you yeah kind of just... guaranteed your platforming on the on the tricky parts yeah sneaky actually is bringing up a good point in chat the crash and spyro remakes 
Well, the Spyro remake didn't do quite as well, but the Crash stuff has done exceedingly well. Yeah, I'm yeah. As much as I love Sly and dislike Crash, I'm gonna say that Sly is no Crash Bandicoot yeah. in terms of mass appeal. Unfortunately, um, yeah. Maybe you could lean real hard into the furry thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, that, I assume that fox cop that he's up against all the time is a big, big presence in that world somehow, right? That's got to have yeah. awakened a few people. Yeah. It also is funny how this game. When it did letterboxing back in the day, it wasn't actually going to letterbox for the cutscenes. They were just slapping black bars over mm-hmm. the actual gra- Like you can see it now because the black bars are the resolution of them isn't big enough to fill the whole screen. So when you actually so, yeah. play it at 1080p, the you can black see the screen poking <laughs> up above <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, it's the, just the funny. The we go to look cinematic. Exactly. That's all it was. It was like let's this is this will tell people that this is a cutscene or whatever. Let's make it look more like a film or it's pretty hilarious. I mean, that is a pretty handy thing to do when you're you're doing it in engine, so you know that you don't have to play right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like that mental cue or whatever. Mm. I, I still, I think neither one of these will come back for new franchises. Could there be a Sly collection? Maybe. I don't think Sucker Punch will do it. That's for damn sure. No, it would. It would be something Sucker Punch would maybe sign off on. Yeah. But like, I could. You could do worse than having some side team at Blue Point slap this together in their spare time or something. Yep. Infamous. Like, I think they're actually still doing some backwards compatibility stuff on some infamous content like sucker punch is actually doing it Mm. um but once that's done i think sucker punch will probably never work on that ip again i think that'll be it yeah i I wouldn't imagine they have much use for that at this point they're they're they found their success they're moving on i mean i don't again at the same time i don't want them to just keep making ghost of tsushima until i die um obviously they've proven but i they're think they're gonna make and, two more at least yeah so that'll be a, a trilogy i, I yeah guess. they make threes except rocket yeah which by then i'll be pretty old by the time those are done i believe they still like sucker punch still owns the rights to rocket yeah so it's that's not, not being revived either but i do i really hope um and i even brought this up years ago to nate fox like if they do that n6 like a mini n64 retro thing mm-hmm. you gotta make sure rockets on it yeah because like it should be it's, it's yeah. exclusive to the n64 never been released on anything else it's like a chance for people to finally experience this thing and i because i remember asking him do you own that or is ubisoft own that he's like no we own that and i'm mm-hmm. like well, if that happens, you got to, I mean, I know they're Sony now, but like, you got to make sure that's on there. Yeah. Like that's the, you got to preserve that game somehow. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know. I brought my, that bright red cartridge. I brought that with me when I went up to do interviews with them for, I think it was Infamous 2. And they were all, they passed it around. They're like, look what he brought. What the fuck? <laughs> Somebody played it. I was like, man, I bought that Somebody day one. played it. I did too, man. On the day one, I was, I, I was not game. deterred by the, by Ubisoft killing it, their own published game by releasing it the same day as Rayman 2. You weirdos. Yeah. The other problem was I was running an N64 website at the time. And I was so desperate for new games to cover. Mm. Like I was there day one to buy that game. Because it had already kind of started bubbling up that, hey, this might be something to keep an eye yeah. on. Like, we played, like, a couple, like, I read it in Nintendo Power or something. Like, they had played it, and they're like, hey, this game's actually... Yeah, the buzz was pretty good. And, like, yeah. I, I mean, I was interested because I saw, like, it must have been a magazine or maybe it was IGN or whatever. Maybe it was Cast Messina or something. But, mm-hmm. like, it was um, the, the fact that you built roller coasters and then rode them to pick yeah. up collectibles. I thought that was a really cool yeah. idea. It's and it was, a cool in fact, idea. a really cool idea. Still, like, it is. A, just like Sly... And to some degree, Infamous, there's a bunch of stuff that Sucker Punch does that no one else ever steals. It's like the, yeah. the active reload thing. It's like, why isn't that in more things? Yeah. Like, it's so weird that people don't lift some of these ideas. Well, I went back and finished um, Guardians of the Galaxy not long ago, and I that game is just all about active reload. Yeah. 
the whole game is like active reload is like the key yeah. to getting through the tougher battles. I in asked the game. Cliff Blazinski that once, like, why did why didn't active reload become like a like a standard thing? And so he's like, I don't know. He's like, I thought that was a great idea when I stole it from Kill Switch. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they didn't like trade. It was never trademarked. You can't or anything. trademark game mechanics. Yeah, like some like, other people could use it. So yeah. do it if you're making a game. Use active reload. It's awesome. Uh, okay, so there you go. That's Sucker Punch. I think most people are happy though to just know they're going to keep making Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. So I, I do think it's their best game. Oh, yeah, for sure. So like, I got no problem with that. Yeah. Um, I will. Ho- I hope that one day Sony decides to sort of delegate out some of the the preservation duties to somebody to get Sly and Infamous on modern systems. Yep. Agreed. Um, hell, do a PC release. I don't care. Like, just get yeah. it off the P- Get everything off the PS3 because. Same with Metal Gear Solid 4. Like, I, I don't think that'll ever happen either. Well, that's what they're doing with this infamous stuff. They're trying to get it off the PS3 so it can go yeah. forward as DLC that they can get paid for. But I do think once they accomplish that, I think that'll be it. Yeah, for sure. But I still would like that to happen. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk... Wanna, I don't want to constantly sit there and worry about the lifespan of my PS3 fat. <laughs> when that thing goes away, I'm going to have a problem playing a whole lot of stuff. My, my PS3 fat has been in the closet now for like Two years in the box, packed away. Mine's still hooked up downstairs. Yeah. Ready to go whenever whenever <laughs> someone wants to play Jedi Power Battles. <laughs> One of those few games that you want to play backwards compatible. Uh, okay, we're going to move on. We're going to talk next about a Battle Royale game. I am not a gigantic fan of Battle Royale. I do enjoy the structure of the Battle Royale, however. So every chance I get to try out new ideas or new concepts around the Battle Royale, I do it. Um, I did really like Fall Guys. I still do like Fall Guys, uh, which is basically the 3D platformer in the Battle Royale format. And on Game Pass this month, a brand new take on the Battle Royale formula, which has actually been around for a while, but I finally got a chance to try it. Naraka Blade Point is now on Game Pass. I know a lot of you guys have Game Pass. You may be wondering if it's worth your time. It is a 60-person, mostly melee-focused Battle Royale game. Um, It... There are guns in the game, but they're like blunderbusses and flintlocks and like these really like they're they do even have some like rapid fire ones, but they're very weak and nerfed. And the objective of the game, it's not a battle royale shooter. What I use the guns for in this for the most part is after I've been in a melee battle and someone thinks that they're losing and they try to run away, I finish them off with the guns. But they're never an important part of the combat. To me, this is really a 60-player, melee-focused Battle Royale game. I already have sent some undertones in this game from, like, Soul Calibur and Tekken. Like, once you get locked into a battle with somebody else, it almost feels like a fighting game with true 3D movement. Now, obviously, people can just jump in in the middle, and all of a sudden it all goes to hell. The best-laid plans are just laid to waste. But you can play this game either as a single player by yourself, as duos, or as three players per team. Um, so you can kind of decide if you want or not to kind of have that element of surprise where other people are kind of jumping into your battles. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe the best way to describe it is kind of like Soul Calibur Cross with Apex Legends. And the reason I say that is because one of my big criticisms of Apex Legends, and maybe it's not like this anymore because I haven't played it for quite a while, but... My, one of my initial criticisms of Apex Legends, there was just too much crap. There was too much gear, too much stuff that you had to sort through all the time. This game is very much like that. You kill somebody else, and there's this, like, totem that appears where they die. And 
you access that and there's literally a list of like 30 things that Mm. that person has dropped. And you're sitting there trying to sort through the stuff, trying to figure out what you want to keep, what you don't want to take. And while that's happening, somebody can be attacking you because it's battle royale. Someone else could have stumbled upon you while you're sitting there like sorting through the gear. So that is probably my biggest complaint about Naraka. My second biggest complaint is that it is not noob friendly at all. So I suspect the first few matches that you play of this, you're playing against bots. Because my first few matches, I kicked ass. I finished with like eight or nine kills. I had like my very first match, I had like a kill streak of like four kills or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I dominating at this game? And then like my fifth or sixth match, suddenly I started playing against people who were way better than the the quote unquote people I was playing against earlier. And I just started getting destroyed like a lot of battle royales, a lot of your success in this game is knowing where stuff is and beating the other players to that stuff and getting it. Like, for example, there are grapple hooks, hook shots in this game. Like, I could never find them, but it's a huge advantage if you have one. And so players who have been playing this for a long time, I'm guessing they just knew immediately where to go and get the grapple hook. Because once you get it, like, you never have to touch the ground. It's almost like Spider-Man, the way some of these people play this game. And I like that because it creates this high skill ceiling so that the more you play it, you can continue to improve and get better at it. But for noobs, it is just brutal. Like, again, after my first five matches, I just started getting my ass handed to me over and over again. And as I said, like, if you watch this, you can tell that the combat's really fast and really responsive, and it is, but that also makes it really bad if there's any sort of lag or latency in this game because... There are counters and parries in this game, and the frame window that you have to pull them off is not very big. And so if you have a little bit of latency or a little bit of lag in this game, you can completely miss your parry and die. And and literally, that's it. You have to start all over. Now, if you are playing with a team, either duos duos or with uh, two other players, they can revive you. And that adds a different element to it. It does take quite a while to revive you, but they can do it. Um... And again, that's tough because you have to try to budget the time to raise somebody while you're getting attacked by 60 other players. So that does add a little bit of complexity to the game. Um, there, Again, also like Apex Legends, at launch, there's not much story or lore to it at all. There's a very simple premise. You're playing as one of several heroes who head to Morris Island. Um, and on the island long ago, two gods fought and died, and they left their power behind for these fighters to discover and find for their own. Um, as I said, there's way too much gear that's dropped by each player. It takes way too long to search through it. Uh, but while you are searching, most of the weapons are kind of primitive, primitive like tribal weapons, like uh, spears and daggers. There are katanas. There are the guns that I mentioned earlier. Um, and there are there's armor. There's tons of armor. There's breastplates. And then there's these trinkets that you get called soul jades that actually buff your armor. Uh, again, the guns are like bows, flintlocks, muskets, things like that. They're not great for kills, but they are good for kind of finishing off enemies who are trying to get away from you after you've chipped them down. Uh, the characters are extremely varied, as you're seeing right now at the character select screen, and they do all have a special ability. Um, and that is one thing I think they really get right in this, is the characters' abilities are completely different. You saw in the B-roll earlier, there's the one guy who can kind of transform into a giant. Uh, but every character in the game, and as you can see, there's not a ton of them, but there's enough. Um, every character in the game, their special is completely unique and different. And it does change how you play with those characters and how they work within the confines of the game. I think that's one of the 
the best parts of the game, in my opinion. Um, the combat is like crazy deep, almost too deep. It's really fast. There are counters, air juggles. What I discovered that works the best is charge attacks, where you just hold your attack in. Like, I literally, if, especially if you're playing as a team, and your teammates have engaged, like, somebody already, and they're kind of duking it out, just creep up next to where they're fighting and just hold your attack button and release it, and you just get instant kills. Like, there's, there's a lot of ways to play this game and be successful at it, is what I'm getting at. And that's, to me... The best part about this game now i did not see anybody who had like a gun who could dominate and play well with just a gun and didn't use melee weapons it is i again i believe mostly driven by melee stuff um but if you the more you play this the more you see the skill ceiling and that there is this expanse of abilities that you can learn and master and become better at but again i do not find it to be uh, noob friendly at all and when there are, like, th say your group of three players finds another group of three players, it really just does kind of turn to chaos because it's so fast. The combat is so fast. It's hard to keep track of, like, where everybody is, where people are flying. Did this guy just fly up into the trees with his grapple hook? It just... In that way, maybe playing singles is the better option in this game because, again, when it's three on three, the battles, it's almost too much to, like, keep track of at times. Um... The charge attacks, in fact, it's kind of funny. It reminds me a little bit of like Indiana Jones where like that guy comes out with his sword and does all the crazy stuff and then he just pulls up the gun and shoots him. Like I feel like the charge attacks are kind of like that. You have this frenzy going on in front of you while you're just sitting there holding your charge attack. They finish their frenzy and you just hit him with that one charge attack and they die. Like it's, it's comedic. It's funny. Um, I kind of like that part of it as well. Um, it does feel like, at least for me, I've found myself falling into button mashing a lot. Um, because again, I was new and these people were just whooping me after a while. Um, and I did not feel like I had the time or the patience to learn the nuance or really, I didn't feel like I had the time within the confines of the game because everybody else was so freaking good at it. And I'll say this, there is a huge tutorial in this to help teach you the ropes of how to play. It's almost too long. Like it got annoying after a while, but I stuck with it because as I started going through it, I was like, dang, man, this game is no joke. I need to pay attention and start like learning from this stuff. Uh, so there is a huge tutorial, but I still felt like a fish out of water once I finally started playing real matches with real with uh, real other human characters. Um, what else do I have to say about this? Oh, the other thing that drove me crazy about this game is that the weapons and armor have durability ratings. Mm -mm. So yeah, they I eventually break, and you have to like find others, which means you have to go through the totems and look through these long lists of items again to figure out what you want to use. There's not a lot of information available when you're picking up like stuff from fallen players. And so a lot of times I pick up something and I go to use it and I'd be like, oh, this is a piece of crap. Oh, I'm dead. Too late. Game over. There's a lot of that in this game. And then finally, this game costs money. Well, it's free on Game Pass right now. But for people on non-Xbox platforms or even if you're on Xbox and you don't have Game Pass, it costs 20 bucks. But the game is still loaded with microtransactions. And it, it when you're in the menu system, it looks and feels like a free-to-play game. I had trouble understanding what to do with the free currency because the verbiage that they use and the nomenclature is goofy and weird. Um, so I struggled to understand like what I had earned and what I could actually do with the currency that I had earned from playing the game. And again, this game cost 20 bucks. So it's another one of those games that's trying to charge you money to play it and then also trying to milk you for the microtransactions. 
And it's not like crazy overt or anything like that. It's like in between matches. Like once you you finish, you're like, okay, I just did pretty well in that match. What does it get me? That's when you start going down that rabbit hole and you're like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? This game costs money. Hmm. Um, so there's some caveats with that. But one thing I will say is like, I keep wondering if we will keep seeing new takes on the Battle Royale genre. And somehow we do. That more keep appearing, and they're all worthwhile and interesting takes and worth at least trying um, to see how they do it and see if, you know, maybe some of the ideas in a melee-focused Battle Royale game could make sense in a shooter-focused Battle Royale game as well. I just like seeing the envelope getting pushed by developers, and I feel like right now the Battle Royale genre is kind of where it's all happening, sadly. Or, well, maybe not sadly, depending on your perspective, but... Um, again, this is available for people who are Game Pass subscribers right now. You don't have to pay the 20 bucks to get in. Um, but it could be like what we were talking about earlier, where you get hooked on something, and then you go back to play it later, and it's gone, and your save is stuck on the Xbox, and you have to pay to, to get your save back, to get your character back, and all your progression. So, have you messed around with this at all, Matt? Nope. I don't even know what it was. You didn't even know that it existed, or you didn't know what it was? Either. Oh, okay. Um, do you... Would you think it might be interested in a melee-focused no, battle royale? this looks terrible. Really? I think the combat looks garbage. Like, the, it looks like your sword's just going through things without doing any impact, without doing... I mean, the life bar is going down, but like... No, you're right. There's no there's reaction. There's no feedback. There's no... There's no... There's, no, there's nothing there. Like, I see what you're saying about how it becomes sort of like a Tekken match in the sense that, like, it becomes sort of like this little duel between people in an area. Mm-hmm. But, like, this that looks awful to me. That looks absolutely disgusting it's so fast it's hard to even follow what the hell's going on a guy standing midair there like but there's no like everyone's just there's weapons just going through things there's no impact there's no yeah no i i I never need to play this no do you think this type of a battle royale game might ever be successful i don't know i I, i'm not the person to ask about battle royale games i don't know why any of them are successful i think they're (laughs) they're boring I have no idea why anybody wants to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again like that. Well, to my point about how quickly the weapons run out of durability. Yeah, the durability thing is a huge Look, negative. Right now, it's saying low durability. Negative. You saw how much combat I did with that yeah. sword, and yeah. it's already about to break. Well, I saw your crossbow like, hit low durability after you'd fired it like 20 times. Yep. Like, it's just, I mean, I'm sure the better weapons have more durability, but like, no, no. There's not a single thing that looks appealing here to me. I thought you might interested in it because you're a big fighting game guy and nope uh you're definitely more melee focused than you are shooter focused oh yeah but i'll play a fighting game i don't need to play this hybrid garbage Hmm. like this this feels a very i mean there's probably a good fighting game inspired melee battle royale game somewhere in someone's head somewhere but this doesn't look like it to me like i this this looks just chaotic and annoying it is chaotic i wonder one thing i do wonder is like i don't think my reflexes have uh suffered that much as i've gotten older like i can still play shooters and have a great kd and all that kind of stuff but i do feel like maybe my ability to follow stuff has deteriorated because i had that problem with this game i also had that problem with uh, mario strikers not long ago where when there was a lot of chaos on the screen i was like what the hell is going on i can't even like follow the ball anymore i had kind of the same problem with this i don't know if it's just me or if it's just the games i don't know but always looking to be introspective whenever I can and try to figure out if the problems that I'm having are my problems any u- unique to me or if they're just everyone has the same issues with these games. But 
It's Naraka Blade Point. Again, it is free on Game Pass right now. It's 20 bucks if you want to buy it somewhere else. I would not recommend buying this for 20 bucks. I do think if you like Battle Royale games and you like hack and slash games, it's worth the download on Game Pass to give it a try because it could become something that you get totally addicted to. Also, there are just tons of people playing this. It takes no time to get a match. Um, the turnover between match times, very fast. You don't sit around like waiting in a lobby for a really long time. That, to me, is really important in Battle Royale. So it does get some of the tenets of the subgenre right. Uh, some of the other stuff, I just don't know if it's ever going to work in the context of these types of games. Um, but it certainly gives it a, the old uh, college try. There's no denying that. they have, And this game's been around for a while, too. It just launched on Game Pass, but it's been available for PC for, I think, like a year. So it's actually gone through a lot of revision and tweaking already, and this is kind of the place that they're at. So I do wonder if this just might be kind of a dead end for Battle Royale, that Melee that's this fast and this responsive just maybe isn't a good fit. I don't know. Um, but I did have moderate fun with it. It was kind of cool learning the ins and outs of a new take on the Battle Royale formula, but I did not stick with it, and I'm not going to continue playing it, and you can take that for what you think it's worth. Um, wondering if anyone in chat has spent any time playing Naraka. Uh, Cinetike, yep, feels like a mess. But then again, I feel the same thing when I watch Fortnite footage. Interesting. And then Game Manual brings up if you try no build mode, because that is a new thing in Fortnite now, where the, you can play a mode where people don't actually build. Mm -hmm. um, and I would agree a little bit with Fortnite when I see someone who's really good at it playing, and they're like shooting while they're building, and then they're shooting, and then they're building, and they're shooting, and they're building. And next thing you know, they're like 40 feet off the ground in this log cabin that they built. That is a little overwhelming at times, mm -hmm. um, but I don't have trouble like following the action in Fortnite. Like I still know where my enemies are and I know where I'm supposed to be shooting and and stuff like that. So um, let's see. Like, GX gear, there's weapon durability in this game, which is a huge turnoff for me. Yep, I agree with you, man. It is really annoying, and I don't know why they have it in there. It seems like it'd be a really easy thing to fix, or at the very least, they could create a mode with no weapon durability, where the weapons just last forever. Um, it's just too much to think about when you're already in the middle of such a frantic game. Mm -hmm. um, um, most games are one game. I don't know what he's saying there. They were, he and Swan were talking about cr the Crash. Crash Bandicoot stuff? One of the, like the, they're talking about the fact that um, one of the reasons people aren't willing to bring back collections and old IP right now is because while the cl Crash collection did sell very well, Crash 4 tanked. Mm. And so... The did it tank? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it sold okay. No, it sold terribly. Oh, really? Um, certainly in comparison to the 10 million copies the trilogy sold. Yeah. It didn't come even close. The insane anywhere, trilogy. Anywhere near that. Um... So there's a lot of there's everyone's so, they were gung ho about bringing back old IP and then suddenly the crash so like the idea of bringing back the the old IP is to then be able to capitalize by making new versions of it, you know sequels and stuff and Crash Four kind of proved that like that isn't a viable path. Okay, gotcha. And so that's what's happening there. Okay, uh, Matt Magister Cato, thank you for Twitch Prime. The Ronin R, thank you for Twitch Prime. Thirty eight months in ten months. That's awesome, guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, Swanland says Nintendo made the YouTube trailers for Switch Lite and LED private. So insiders are saying Switch Pro info coming tomorrow or soon. What? What does that have to do with anything? Hmm? He says Nintendo made the YouTube trailers for Switch Lite and Switch LED OLED private. Why would they do that? 
Well, they're saying this that means that they're going to stop promoting that because they're going to start promoting whatever new. But they've literally never done that. You can still go watch trailers for the Wii U mm-hmm. on their on their YouTube channel. I don't think that means anything. So long. People reading into it more than they should, as usual. Jose Holiday, thank you for Twitch Prime. Well, people desperately want a new Nintendo system that can actually handle this. Yeah, they do. Ashes in the Hourglass says they've done this before previous hardware reveals. Really? I've never heard anything about that. They've done that before, yeah. I they've that. set trailers to private and then set them back to public? They never put them back to public. They've lo- there have been some trailers that have kind of gone away. You, really? but that was but a lot of that was I remember that happening with the Wii U, you know, a system they would rather you not remember. Those trailers are still there though. But some of them did go away at the time. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So I don't know what's happening. I don't know that. Look, I I think <laughs> very gooster. Nintendo is relaunching the Wii U. <laughs> the signs are the signs are all there that that a new Switch is coming sooner than we thought. Huh. So I uh, believe that when I see it. I'll believe it when I buy Zelda because that's they're not <laughs> releasing Zelda until they have a new game system to put out alongside it. I guarantee yeah. you, that's what's happening here. Okay, I've said that for months. They've decided they've they've realized that Zelda sells way better if it launches a system and not when the the follow up always sells way worse. Try half, watching the Switch OLED trailer. It's privated. Okay, <laughs> we'll go there right now, live on Game Face. I admit I don't really know why that equates to uh, information about a new system. That makes no sense to me at all. No sense at all. We'll look it up. Right here live. Go to Nintendo. Just search for OLED. Well, there's an unboxing, an official unboxing for it. But he's right. There's no Switch OLED trailer showing up on its uh, YouTube channel. Hmm. That is so bizarre. It's not like they're going to stop selling the OLED version, even if there is a new one coming. It's really weird. But there, but there's an official unboxing of the OLED model that's up. Who knows? Definitely strange, though. I don't know why they would ever do that. Um, it says the UK trailer is there, but not the US. I was looking at the US um, channel, and you're right. There was no OLED trailer there. It's so bizarre. It's a choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you would do that, even if there is a new Switch hardware coming. I think it's just—I think the idea is like kind of a, like an optimization thing. So if people, if you put a new trailer out for Switch, whatever Switch Pro or whatever you're gonna call it, people aren't typing in Switch trailer. Oh, SEO, search engine getting, optimization. And you're getting like the old systems. Like, that's the idea. So if someone types in new Switch, right? It doesn't pull you up the, get the OLED. It or the, pulls or up the, the light, actual new you get one. The new Switch. Interesting. I think that's the idea behind it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Interesting. I hope it's true. I hope we are getting a new Switch, even though I got a freaking OLED model. <laughs> it sucks. I just got it not that long ago. Odin5, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. Appreciate it. 40 months. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be awesome if for next week's show we have a brand new Switch to talk about. Although I'd be really surprised. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to go on to our last topic. I mean, if they do that, you should be glad because it means Zelda's finally coming That's out. That's true. That's a good point. Well... But it's not going to save my fantasy it's team. It's not going to save your fantasy team, but you know what to pick first next. Actually, I will probably get first pick. Why? Who gets first pick? Winner gets first pick. No, it, we Loser take turns. First pick yeah. we take turns. I don't remember who got first pick this year. Did you get it? You did. Did I? Because you picked Zelda. Did I? Yeah. Or did you pick Elden Ring first? No, you got Elden Ring second, I think. I know. My Elden Ring second pick. My first pick was God of War. You pick, you pick Zelda, and I pick God of War. Yeah. So you will get first pick next year. 
Which means you're going to end after... I've drafted Zelda three times. I thought, I thought you're going to end up getting Zelda. <laughs> I thought the first pick was uh, was because it was related to the winner. No. No? We just take turns every year. Mm. No. That's the fairest way to do it. Um, okay. Here we are for our last topic of episode 306 of Game Face. Good to be back with you guys again. Uh, we're going to discuss PlayStation doing some interesting things this week. So we, we know that PlayStation exclusives have started being released for PC. And at this point, it does seem as if every PlayStation exclusive is eventually going to come to PC. We had kind of thought that there might be some golden geese that PlayStation would draw a line in the sand and say, no, 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 you're not getting that. You're not getting God of War from 2018. But God of War from 2018 coming to PC. Mm-hmm. In fact, every first party exclusive now is coming to PC. Years later, but years later, coming. But still coming. Um, which I think when we when we first found out about this, we were like, they're not going to release everything. It's I think we said the minimum was like two years before we would see them. They have to be available on PlayStation for two years before, although that's starting to get fuzzy now. It seems like it's less than two years now. Um, but the big news this week is that Sony announced that it has started making hardware for PC. It is making headsets and monitors now for PC, for the PC market. What do you think this means, if anything, Matt? Nothing. Nothing at all? No. You think that they, they're just like, this is a new revenue stream for us, potentially? Yeah, and I mean, theoretically, you could you always use the Sony monitor for a PC. I mean, right. Not, I mean, this is like, I don't know. And isn't this a different division, really, anyway? Well, it's Sony proper more than PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, just, it's just, as long as we're making games, let's throw some hardware at it, I guess. Well, they are already making headsets, obviously. Yeah. Because they're making headsets for PlayStation, so... It doesn't seem like that much of a leap to just change a couple components inside. Honestly, Matt, a I lot of that stuff was already compatible. You know, you can already use DualShock Four on PC. You know, you can just plug it in. I use that on my Mac all the time. I honestly, Matt, don't understand why we ever have to buy headsets for a specific platform. They should all work. Like if I buy Astro A40s or Astro A50s. They should work for every platform. I mean, for the most part, it's because the con- the, you know, the hardware makers themselves have put specific yeah. you know, proprietary jacks on the things. Yeah, it's insane. Which doesn't happen as much anymore. It's usually, usually you can work through. And also certainly, I mean, I don't know. I guess a couple of the headsets I've had recently have one or the other. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, they removed the optical port from consoles now, mm-hmm. which used to be how you could get most headsets to work. As long as they had an optical out... You are good because yeah, the ones I have now just plug into the controllers. They plug into the controllers, or they're USB driven, one or the mm-hmm. other. Um, so the headset part, I totally get. Like they were already making headsets for PlayStation Five. It's like why not just make the PC version as well? I get that as well. The monitors, they're already making TVs. It's not too difficult to just rebrand your monitors that you were making as a TV and just say, "Oh, this is a PC monitor now," because. TVs now are just like monitors. They have variable refresh rates. They have G-Sync. They have all these features that only monitors used to have are now in TVs. Like my OLED from LG has all that stuff. It's basically just a 65-inch PC monitor that can run at 120 frames per second and 4K. Um, And that's what all monitors are now. It's come to the point where the TVs have caught up with computer monitors. And there's really no difference between them. So I do get that. But it does seem a stretch to me that PlayStation would fire up new assembly lines for this stuff. Because I just... I think these are just slightly modified existing panels. Like, I don't think these are all that different. You're probably just putting a different... 
adapter or a different bit of firmware in these things. Like, it does, I don't think it's that big of a deal, really. Well, I mean, they still have to have a different production line to make them. I think it's the same production line with a slight tweak. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, but then they stop producing the other. Yeah, the well, Pulse how many, head, how many headsets are they selling? You know, like it's not a common. Most people that I know who play multiplayer on on PlayStation Five just use the the thing built into the controller. Yeah, which seems to be part of the point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I would never have known any of this was happening if you didn't bring it up. I don't oh, think, really? I don't, you didn't know even know about it? No, I don't think it's important at all. Okay. It's just Sony trying to, you know, move... I mean, as long as they're going to put software in that realm, why not put some hardware in that realm? Yeah, it's just the, one of the popular topics from this week and other podcasts. Um, so other people... Yeah, have. I think that's an indicative of a slow week. For more sure. Than, yeah. More than anything else. It's, it's just... I, but why, why now? I don't know, because the factories are back online, I guess. Yeah. Like, you think that's it? I had five Kickstarters ship in the last week. Really? Like, everything's all of a sudden back Happening. moving again. So yeah. like, I think that's part of it is like the schedules are back on track. Interesting. Okay. Um, I thought it was worth discussing because sometimes yeah. we, we find things in stories that other podcasts don't. I, um, I don't see any significance to this really other than Sony's like, well, just might as well. Yeah. You know, same with like back when they did that 3D monitor for the PlayStation 3 or whatever. Remember that? It was like mm-hmm. designed for that. It was yeah. supposed to be specific. You could like, buy a bundle that came with yeah. the monitor. But the idea of selling a specific computer monitor now is kind of ridiculous in the sense that like a computer monitor now would almost be less functional yeah. than a TV is. Well, the idea of selling a computer monitor is kind of yeah, yesterday's news outdated, now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, th- that whole concept now doesn't really make sense. Yeah, you're really just looking for a version of whatever panel you want in the yeah. right size. At this yeah, because my TV, I got it in 65, but you can also get it in, like, 40-inch. Yeah. And for, like, I don't know, I think it's, like, eight or 900 bucks, you go and look at, like, PC monitors that are that size, they're, like, double the price. Mm-hmm. But you can get the uh, LG OLED 40 inch for like way less than you would pay for a 40 inch PC monitor. As long as the refresh rate is what you want, like you, you're pretty much fine. That's all you need really. I mean, most PCs connect with an HDMI cable at this point, HDMI 2.1. You don't even, you'd have to look to find one that doesn't. Yeah. You don't even need like the DVI cable or whatever the hell. I mean, I think it's getting to be time to probably build a new PC. I would say for me, Mm -hmm. like, you know, now that the GPU prices have gone back to normal, I have begun. I am on the hunt. I am. They are now. Like, if you can go on eBay now, and you can get them, basically at MSRP, maybe twenty or thirty dollars less at MSRP. The retailers still. So I got an email from Newegg. It's like mm-hmm. GPU prices finally back down. Blah blah blah. I went and looked. They're still gouging. But it's like a hundred or two hundred dollars per card now instead of like doubling the price. Yep. Just just hang on, folks. It, I there. really feel like I'm four months away from yeah. getting the GPU I want yeah, for that, retail that, price. That seems about right. And hopefully by then I can save up a little bit of money and I can make that purchase because I I have I have still have a GTX 1080 yeah, that I've had for like eight years. My, uh, my PC my, my PC is still chugging along. It's about yeah. seven years old. You know, yeah. It's built for Witcher three. It doesn't do ray tracing. It doesn't do a lot of things. But you know those dual Titan X's have, well, still you know, like, a lot of horsepower. It can still do stuff. But Absolutely. Like, Every once in a while, I'm just like, oh, that 7200, uh, that one drive is real slow. And I got a lot of stuff installed in there. And it takes, you know, the, clearly the games now are expecting faster hard drive access. So, yeah, that's something I'm going to have to address probably in the second half of the year. I think it's time to, to upgrade the old, uh, the old rig. Um, Eve Demon says the only real difference is monitors have no post processing that tends to be in TVs. It's yeah. true. Although on TV, most TVs, like the good TVs, you can turn all that off. Yeah. Um, you can turn everything off. 
You just get a raw uh, signal. Well, some of them still leave some stuff on that you can't ever fully get rid of. So like that, the, the advantage of getting something labeled a monitor is that's true. You are guaranteed that you either be able to turn it all off or it will not be there in the first place. So that's true. But uh, I don't know. I have a 2K monitor that it was definitely sold as specifically as a computer monitor. It has no speakers or anything like that. That's mm-hmm. another thing that's different sometimes is computer monitors do not have speakers. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Still works great. I would have to really think about replacing it because I don't know if I need any. I don't really need anything bigger than 2K for something that that's far away from my face. You know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That's obviously the other big thing with um with computer monitors. Is the monitor's gonna be really close. Yeah. Yeah. So like, forty like, inch forty inch PC monitor. It's like yeah, forty inch four K monitor that close to your head is kind of overkill. <laughs> it's insane. Say. You have to have it sitting like in a wall, like four or five feet away from your desk or whatever. Although with the way my eyes are getting, with like things starting to get blurry, like actually I may need like a forty-inch monitor to not use my reading glasses while I use my my PC monitor. That was the first thing that I really noticed, other than my cell phone, with that my eyes were starting to go bad. Hmm. Was like I had to start squinting to like read some stuff on my monitor. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I gotta get old. I gotta get a new. Uh prescription for my glasses when i was playing uh, kotor i realized i was i was squinting yeah. at some of the text and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, it's been, i mean these glasses are like four years old so yeah. it's, it's about probably about time yep um shaniki says 27 is even too big for me yeah it probably is actually yeah i think I th- 23 is kind of the max really I can't remember what mine is downstairs as far as sitting that close like 23 is kind of i think i want to say mine's 27 or 30 oh you have a 27 inch monitor i think I'd have to go look. But at actually, it. your desk is big. kind of set up so that it's pushed back a good bit. It is pushed back a bit, and it kind of sits above some of the rest of the shelves. It's, mm-hmm. it's. Mm, I can't remember how big it's. It. I think it might be 30, 33. I'd have to. I'd have to measure it. But it's not huge. It's not like yeah. you know. It's about as big as it can get without me having to turn my head to look, <laughs> to at, look at stuff. Uh, which, <laughs> That's which funny. Is, which is just silly. That's funny. Unless you're doing like twenty one nine or something. That's right. Good. Right. Yep. Uh, so okay, according to Game Face. PlayStation hardware on PC, not a big deal. Don't read into it. It doesn't really say anything. Although, it doesn't hurt to kind of get yourself set up in that new market for yeah. the future. I mean, I, just, I don't know what else it would mean. It's yeah. just like they're making money. Okay. Like, yeah. The PlayStation's they're not going like, away. They're just like, we're making this like, stuff, and we can sell this stuff to other people instead yeah. of the people we're currently selling it to. So, that makes sense. Why not? Yep. Okay. That's it for Game Phase 306 proper. But, you know, we're not going to be gone for two weeks and not have... Name that game. We gotta do it. And I am fully prepared today to make it to the third. I am convinced I'm making it to the third image. discovered slow mode. <laughs> now that Vincent discovered slow mode. <laughs> we made it to the second image last time. And I'm still shocked, actually, that the winner picked it up just from some flowers mm-hmm. that it was Dragon Age Inquisition. You guys are just really, really good. It's really impressive what you guys do. Okay, Vincent, you're I, will, I admit, I, I knew those flowers, but I could not connect what connect they were the from. Yeah. Um, no, too quick, Capri. It's not Rocket Robot on Wheels. <laughs> well, that would be pretty funny. Uh, okay, for first-timers who don't know Name That Game, I show you a series of screenshots, images, and you have to name that game. You have to figure out what the game is. Um, you are playing against Matt, and if Matt guesses it correctly, and I look over... I haven't guessed it correctly in months. Yeah, it's been a while. But if he does guess it right, I look over, I'll give you guys a couple beats, and if one of you guys chimes in in the first second or two after Matt 
uh, announces it, then you guys will get the win. Essentially, you guys win all ties because the objective here is to give you guys free games and we want to give them away. We don't want to have this without winning, although it would be nice to see Matt win one here soon because yeah. it's been a while. Um, so we have five images. They The first, it's supposed to work this way in that the images are really obscure and obtuse at first and it becomes more obvious as we get to the fifth image. However, you guys typically guess it on the first image. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Last time we did make it to the second image, so we'll see if we can make it uh, to the third one. That's what I'm predicting this time. Um, are you ready, Matt? Sure. Oh, a couple things. Chat is on slow mode, so you can't just keep guessing like over and over. Um, you're, I think it's like one... One minute. You have a minute, yeah, before you can guess one again. One message a minute. So make your guesses count, because it's not like it used to be where you could just guess 50 games and then eventually you get it right. We have it on slow mode for that reason. Also, if you have ever won this, do not play. Well, if you have won this in 2022, do not play. Um, because it's we've, you've already got a reward yeah. for it. We want new people to fact, win. If you won in 2022, say something right now so you can't talk for a minute. Right. Well, the other thing I've just... <laughs> exactly. The other thing I've discovered, too, is that there's a handful of people who are really good at this. Yeah. And they keep... They were keep they kept winning over and over. And so we want new people to give it a go. And it would be nice to have the game last more than like 90 seconds. In fact, typically it takes me longer to explain name that game than it takes to actually mm-hmm. play name that game. One wonders if maybe it doesn't need that much explanation. <laughs> that could be. But I don't want people who are joining the, the stream for the first time to be left out and be wondering what's going on. Like well, I want to Who are those people? I want to ca- there are people. We've actually <laughs> met the last couple shows we've had, we've had our highest live counts ever well then start start guessing yeah <laughs> participate yeah our audience here on twitch has actually grown um pretty steadily which is great to see all right we're ready we're ready for the first image for name that game for game face episode 306 and i won't leave it up crazy long so make sure you give it a good gander and here we go I was kind of generous with this one. Hmm. I don't recognize it. Just Cause 3, no. GTA 5, no. I guess it does kind of look like Just Cause, doesn't it? It does, yeah. That's a good guess. It's not Just Cause 2 or Just Cause 3. It's not Half-Life 2. It's not Far Cry 6. It's not Far Cry 3. It's not Civilization. It's not Mercenaries. Mercenaries doesn't have draw distance like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Days Gone. All right, here comes image number two. We made it at least to image number two. Oh, is it Second Sight? Nope, not Second Sight. Not Ghost of Tsushima. Not PUBG. Not MGS5. Hitman Absolution. No, that's a good guess, though. <laughs> Nightwing also said Hitman, no. Wildlands, no. 50 Cent Blood in the Sand, no. But that's wow. a good guess, too. That's a really good guess, actually. Nope. I think that's it. I think we're going to make it to image three, like <laughs> I said. I had a feeling. All right, here we go with image number three. Huh. Is that Halo Infinite? Legacy just got it. Uncharted 4. Yep. Huh. That's what it is. It's Uncharted 4. Good job. And then Meloak followed up with it. 
There's a Uncharted bunch of 4. bald kids in Uncharted. Was it like the prison scene? Oh. Yes, yeah, it's, it's from the prison scene. Good job. I mean, I still think that's good that you got it from those three images, the legacy. And then here were the last two images that obviously, hoping to give it away a little more obviously. That mm. one probably would have given it away, or someone would have at Maybe. least guessed an Uncharted. Someone would have guessed Uncharted because the foliage. Yeah. Yep. And the overgrown stuff. I don't think I would have gotten that. And this one, I feel like, would have definitely given it away. At least I hope so. I can't even see that. It's all dark. It's the Jeep. Yeah, I can't tell what With that the is. gas can. So I don't know if you remember or not, but... When I remember the gas can bouncing around in the Jeep. When we talked around. about Uncharted... And this is, a, this is a case where if you are a regular watcher of Game Face, you had an advantage because mm-hmm. when Matt and I talked about Uncharted 4 when it came out... One of the things we talked about for like five minutes was how the gas can mm-hmm. on the back of the Jeep would hop around while you're driving around. Yeah, I can't even see the gas can. Yeah, it's, too it's dark. on the right side there. Yeah. You're just getting a glare on the TV. I recognize again. it now that you've mentioned it, but yeah, I can't see that. Yep. Yep. Good job, The Legacy. Congrats on your win. Here is your round of applause for your victory. And I feel like I got a little bit of a victory here today too, Matt, because we made it to the third image. <laughs> But good job, The Legacy. Send uh, me a DM. You can send it here on Twitch. Um, you can send it on the site at, at Shane. You can send it to me on Twitter at Dimfire. You can send it to our corporate account on Twitter at Sifted Games. Just get at us, and uh, we will send out your free code for your free game. Congratulations, my friend. Great job. Okay, it's time for some Q&A. We have... How much time we got here? We got some time. We can answer, actually answer a lot of your questions today if you guys have them. Uh, let me get things squared away here on the TriCaster. And we'll get to answering your questions. And again, congratulations, The Legacy. Uh, Grimshaw, actually, here's one for... Oh, there's a bunch. You guys are on it. You guys already knew. <laughs> um, Zuma, Zumafu with the Crack Bros says, wait a minute for the next image so we're not timed out. I don't know what who he meant by that. He means like leave the image up for a minute so that anyone who guesses can then get another guess on the next image without having to wait. Oh. I don't know. I kind of like it this way. Where you have to really think about your guess so you can't just spam the, the comments with games trying to guess it just by process of elimination because that does start to happen after a while mm-hmm. like me just sitting here saying not that game not that game not that game it just it's eliminating games to help people and yeah, don't guess unless you're sure yeah exactly guess when you know what it is instead of just trying to get lucky and win i guess is the best way to put it um i remember when you first go out and the sky pans with those birds so sneaky said he got it from he would have known from the birds in that screenshot okay still a really good job legacy um, thank you, Rosencrantz, for saying I did a nice job. I appreciate that. Uh, Ashes in the Hourglass. If Capcom goes ahead and makes a Legends collection, how do you think they'll acknowledge Legends 3, if whatsoever? Boy, there's an obscure question they'll for you. They'll probably put some co- the concept art in there and call it a day. Yeah. That'd I mean, be we, my th- guess. There was screenshot. Yeah, we knew it was happening, and then it didn't. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that complicated. Um, what else we got here? AJ the Legend Watson, here's a good one. What since you both have been involved in gaming for a long time, what year would you consider the slowest? This one. This is it. No question. Yeah, it really is not even a question. Sometimes it's like I don't even play video games as a hobby anymore. 
Yeah. There's just nothing to do. There's nothing to do. I, I've been going back and playing my backlog. I have never yeah. done that. I was very excited that they, they patched the KOTOR 2 Game Breaker bug yeah. this week. I haven't done that since I ran street-level gaming in, like, 1997. Like, I have not gone back and played my backlog. Like, and I've played several games, and I've gone back and finished several games. I'm working on Dying Light 2 right now. I'm almost done with that as well. I have finished more games this year than any year I can remember. Since maybe back to, like, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Or no. No, I finished... There were years at game trailers where I finished a lot of games, because I had to. I was reviewing a lot of games. But it's been that long. Especially... Since I worked on Sifted, for sure. Um, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> How slow this year is. Uh, from Swanland, did you see that right before you came on, Gene Park tweeted that he was diagnosed with cancer? Mm-hmm. I did not. I don't even know who Gene Park is, though. Uh, he covers video games except for the Washington Post. Oh. He's a, like a journalist. No, I've, I've never met him. I've never met him, but I know his work. Yeah, he, got, he tweeted he got uh, colon cancer. Really? So he's, or the fight has already begun, he said. I um I have my first colonoscopy here in a week next month actually next Monday in six days. Hmm, good yeah. times. Well, actually, it's not a colonoscopy. It's my first appointment for it because they said for your first time you should have a consultation, and after right. that you just schedule the colonoscopy. So for my first one, and I am high risk, so I am getting it a little earlier than I'm supposed to because my grandfather died of colon cancer. So um, I have my first colonoscopy coming up. I'm not excited about it, but. If it keeps me from getting in the position that Gene is in, it's all worth it for it's not sure. Terrible. I, I had one in 2019. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things the, that the preparation is worse than the actual procedure. It's one of those things that all men dread, and I've like most men, I've been dreading it all along. But my mom is like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's not just the prep the day before kind the of prep stinks. sucks. Like, get get you know get some nice wet wipes because your your ass is gonna be sore. <laughs> Great. Um, you know, the, get the best toilet paper you can get. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> the procedure's fine. You just sit there. I watch the whole thing on a 1080p monitor. I'm just like, oh, look at that. It's, it's, my it's inside my bum. And uh, guys like, guys like, you want to see anything else? I'm like, how's the appendix? <laughs> they found one little polyp and then snipped it off. And they're like, they're like, looks great. Everything's real clean. Good job. Good job getting all this stuff prepped. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, you want to see anything else? I'm like, how's my appendix doing? I always worry about that little guy. And he goes, <laughs> he takes the thing over, looks, he's like, there it is, clean as a whistle, looking great. I'm just like, hey, good job. Good job not killing me for 45 years. And uh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's amazing. They give you this one, they give you this one drug, and all of a sudden you do not care about anything. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to get it. must be propofol. And suddenly something hits you, and it's just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, neat. Look <laughs> it's at that. It's got to be propofol. The best drug ever created, I believe. Um, so anyway, I do not know Gene Park, and I've I honestly never heard of him, but I wish him the best, and I hope that no, he, he does gets good stuff. I, okay. I, hope, I hope he does okay. I mean, if you catch it early, it's it's very treatable. Yeah, um, it is. But yeah. Which is why they're telling people to get it done earlier. So if you have it... Yeah, fi- every, they always say 50, but it really feels like 50 is a little late. Well, if you have it in your family, it's 45. Yeah. So if you do have colon cancer in your family, get it. Don't Don't be like... I don't want to get something in my pub. Like, just get it done. Yeah, it can you don't save your feel life. it. It's not a thing like that. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like a prostate exam. It's it's very normal. Yeah. Get it done. And if you get, like, one of the good places with the 1080p monitor, it's really neat. <laughs> and best of luck to Gene Park. Um, Grimshaw Rocks, can you guys think of a game you didn't like at first, but grew to like it a lot, besides Dark Souls for Matt? For me, Returnal. Ninja Gaiden. You didn't like it at first? I didn't really dig the, the Ninja Gaiden originally. And then I remember you being like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever. And I was like, really? And then I finished it and started again. 
and replaying the early part of the game, knowing what I knew from playing the whole game, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. So like that, I think Ninja Gaiden was probably. It's not like I didn't like it, but I think Ninja Gaiden is the one I think of when it when I think of like something where I was like, ah, it's all right, and then when I went back again after finishing it. My opinion of it went way back, way up. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 it clicked finally. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be Elden Ring for me. Um, I just still didn't love it at the end of the day, but I managed to play a good bit of it. I played way more of it than I ever thought I would. Um, and a lot of that was thanks to you guys, like um, for the Shane versus Elden Ring streams, you guys helping me along because I definitely would have quit way before that if I had just had to figure that stuff out on my own or go search on the internet and use Google to find stuff. I would have never done that on my own. So you guys definitely helped with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's probably Elden Ring for me. I played way more of it than I ever thought I would. Um, and is that Saber right below? After watching you grow in Elden Ring, <laughs> you think you could give Demon Souls Remake another try? Don't push it. On your free time, you don't have to stream it. Uh, I doubt it. Because De- Demon Souls... would never do that if it wasn't streamed. Because right. you would never play that for fun no, for yourself. It you would be only fun. do it for... Especially after playing Elden Ring, because it has this open world where if you get stuck on something, you can just leave and go do something mm-hmm. else. Demon Souls isn't like that. You, you're you smacking your head mm-hmm. up against the wall, and you have to get past the wall. Right. But I will admit that going back to stuff like Demon Souls after you under, after it's finally clicked and how you understand how these things work. Like I said, I couldn't get through anything in Demon Souls originally. I had to give up the review because I was like, I can't do this. And then once, once I had my epiphany moment with Dark Souls 2 and finished that, and I went back... And played Demon Souls, and I didn't die for like eight hours. Like mm-hmm. it was like uh, like things that I had originally seen as like you know struggled through. Like you know every minute felt like an hour getting through some of those early things of Demon. Now it was like I just like burned through it like it was nothing. I would like, like to see more of that game. There because is a, it's gorgeous. There is a very big satisfaction in going back to like the because Demon Souls for you know it's it's hard, but like it's more simple. It's it's yeah. more simple than Elden Ring. It's more simple than the later Demon Dark Souls. Like mm-hmm. it's very straightforward. And like once you realize you like once you get a, you can farm souls and just buy all the healing items you want, you can never kind of be defeated. Like, like you, can, you you can have infinite healing items, which is not true. Of the Estus flasks. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Demon Souls is an interesting one to go back to and re-experience, and it's even more worth it now that you get to see it look gorgeous the way it does on the PS5. I would, I would, I would say that's not a bad idea if you think you've kind of learned how Elden Ring works. It would be maybe be interesting to go back and apply your new Elden Ring knowledge to Demon Souls. Okay, maybe, but probably not. How about that? <laughs> I found it very satisfying when I did it. I did not go all the way back through Demon Souls again when I did. I played probably like, you know. 10 hours of it on the ps3 and i was like oh i can do this now cool and then i played not so much of it on the ps5 just because there's other new things you know it was was like i could play demon souls for a third time or i could play miles morales and miles morales won that battle every time it would definitely win that battle for me too yeah (laughs) okay let's go back to chat um jackaloper thank you for twitch prime man that's awesome 11 months that's great dude uh, sneaky Shane, I can't believe you played that awful ATV game over F122 that also came out for shame. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not an F1 fan, honestly. And this year's game didn't really change much in the formula. I don't know. I think you have to be an F1 fan to enjoy playing F1 games, and I am not. Uh, Gohan Rage, thank you for Twitch Prime. 45 months, that's amazing. Uh, Zaboom Afu with the Crack Bros. Thoughts on the rumor? (laughs) 
Thoughts on the rumor of Rockstar scrapped planned GTA 4 and Red Dead Redemption remasters due to the poor performance of the GTA collection and Witcher 3 is still on the way. I don't understand the Witcher 3 stuff at the end there. I think in the sense that, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, um, I guess because Cyberpunk tanked or didn't, but Cyberpunk didn't tank. It told 10 million copies. Like, yeah. I don't know what the comparison of Witcher 3 is there. The GTA but, um, collection also sold through the roof. Yeah, it just... The, the the as someone noted like if there were scrapped plans for a GTA 4 and Red Dead Redemption remaster those would have that, that those plans extend way back beyond the release of the definitive collection and that's a separate decision like they wouldn't that's a sunk cost thing they wouldn't like throw those away just because they screwed up the definitive collection they didn't really screw up the definitive collection because it sold through the fucking roof. Like, like yeah. no, it sold that, really well. That I story. I saw that story this week. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, that's that not, that's not how mean. decisions are made internally. Like, yeah, that. I don't not, get that. I don't, I don't believe that question that. at all. I believe Red Dead Redemption One will never get a, any a remake because it's just too much. Like, I think the best way you could do that is you take the you know you got first the top half of the map remade in two. I guess you just remake the second second the Mexico part in in the, in the two engine and sort of recreate the game in that. But that's a lot of effort for something that's probably not going to sell. To the degree that something like the Definitive Collection would, like yeah. Red Dead Redemption One, just doesn't have that kind of cachet. Yeah. Um, and GTA Four, as much as I like it, is probably the least popular GTA game. So it makes more sense to me to cancel those two because they're just not going to be worth the extreme effort. Okay, we'll answer one more. This is from Mellowak. Last week there was a bunch of rumors about God of War Ragnarok being announced by July thirtieth. July thirtieth. I think he means June thirtieth. Um, but apparently higher powers pulled the announcement last minute. Some people seem to think that it was due to the whole internet blowing up about Roe v. Wade. Do you think that was the reason they pulled the announcement? Um, so I'm assuming you're saying June, June 30th. 30th probably. Yeah, that was that was what it was. I mean, it, it there was a, maybe probably a read the room moment there, or it was not. I don't even know if it's about read the room. It, more of it's about uh, we want this day to ourselves. We don't Some want it, but that's competition. Sort of, the, sort of the same thing. Kind of. I mean, you're not going to cut through the signal on that one. Yeah. You know, like. Like the people were talking about something else, and they frankly could care less about could not care less about you know the God of War sequels release date. It's probably way easier to wait for that to cool off. Now the argument could be made that you're never going to have a good time to do that because there's always going to be something going on in the news. Um, but yeah, I would I would imagine that uh, that had something to do with it. It was it was not the right time to try to you know announce something fun. Yeah, really. I mean. That makes sense. They and if they did have something planned and that news came out, they should not have talked about God no, of War was, on that, that day. Was correct. Yeah, they made the right move there. If that's the case, I find it hard to believe, though. I mean, there's a moment. And why where are people so bent out of shape about it? About what? <laughs> about about God of War's like release date. I don't know not why everyone's so. I mean, I guess they want to know, want to be reassured is coming this year. Dude, it's coming leave, out this year. Leave Corey Barlog alone. Leave the man Leave everybody alone. alone. Leave at, everybody look, alone. Look at the fucking Ron Gilbert thing. Who are these he, people? Where he's just like, he's going to, he, Ron Gilbert's not going to post about the Monkey Island game anymore because people are too mean about it. Just leave these people alone. Here, okay. Because they hate the art style. What is the end result of, of yelling at Corey Barlog? What do you want? You want the game to come out before it's done? So it's a piece of junk? What is it? Why are you bothering him? And do you Let think Corey... Let him finish... The fucking game. And do you think Corey Barlog like determines when that's announced? It, that's Sony. Sony does that. The whole thing is dumb. Grow the f up. I am really sick of seeing and dealing with these gamers that are like act like five year olds. This has gotten worse this year, probably because there's nothing coming out. 
and people are just getting weird about like the stuff it's they want to look forward to. You're embarrassing all of us. Stop it. Stop it. Grow up. It drives me bonkers, dude. Mm. Poor Corey. He's trying to give you a damn game that you're going to love. Let him finish the effing game. <coughs> Sick of it. If you can't tell. <laughs> there will be there will be a, a release date for that soon. Yeah. Probably this month, I would think. Uh, Squishy Muffin, you're asking about uh, Ben Moore from Easy Allies. We actually talked about that at the beginning of the show. You have to catch that on the archive. And that's it for Game Phase 306. It's good to be back, hanging out with you guys, talking games again. Uh, if you're listening to this show on any podcast service, and it's on all of them, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to help, first of all, you can head to patreon.com sifted and pledge to our Patreon. You can give us a dollar if you just want to help. But if you spend $4 or more per month, you get all our content early. All of it. Um, you get Pactor Factor a week early. If you don't have any money, and I know a lot of people don't right now because the economy is really rough and inflation's tough, you can help us for free if you're an Amazon Prime member. You can just subscribe to our channel on Twitch using Twitch Prime. If you're on YouTube, the instructions for that are down below. And as I said in the show open, my mom can do it. So I know you can do it. She's 70. So if she can figure out how to give us a free $2.50 every month, you can do it too. I believe in you. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday. We're here every Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. We'll be back next week with another episode. Probably have some big games to talk about, some fun topics to discuss. Um, what else? I think that's it, man. I think so. What uh, does anything come out this week? Did it come out or is anything coming out? Is anything coming out? I'm not 100% Did sure. Did anything come out? I don't know. <laughs> I bought a bunch of old stuff in this Xbox sale. Yeah. Like all the Call of Duty, the old Call of Duty games are all discounted like 9 15 bucks. You're never going to find a better price than some of that for like Black Ops 1 and 2. Wow. Black Ops 2 is still one of my favorite Call of Duty Call games. Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 3, uh, uh, World at War, which I tried to play the physical copy of that a while ago on the 360 and it wouldn't work right. Really? Like, or Xbox One and like... It had a weird error where it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I couldn't get past a certain part because it was like a glitch. Hmm. Um, weird. Because so at one point, this was years ago, but I was kind of, I was like, I don't think I'm going to play through the whole Call of Duty series in order again. And I think I made it to like Call of Duty 3 or World at War or something. And I was yeah. like, and I couldn't get through that part. And then I was like, I'll tell you, man, the Treyarch games really speed bump me on, on that marathon. I might just do the Modern Warfare games this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those are on sale. Very hard to find. Uh, a bunch of the Call of Juarez games are on sale. Some oh, of those wow. are pretty good. Yeah. Like, Call of Juarez Gunslinger is like five bucks, and that's a solid game. It's that's underrated for sure. Underrated. That and franchise then, in general. And for the first time ever, as far as I can remember at least, the Saints Row 2 DLC is on sale. If you want to play the backwards compatible Saints Row 2 on 360, the Ultor Rising and like whatever the other one, like they're like 99 cents right now. This is where we're at, people. Yep. <laughs> this is where we are in 2022. Thinking about replaying Saints Row 2. That's where we are. <laughs> Call of Juarez. It's insane. Uh, but anyway, look, if you, if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can help with that either. Like, subscribe, share. We we're trying to break through the algorithm here, people. This has been our struggle since the beginning. Breaking through the YouTube algorithm. The only way we're going to do it is with engagement. If you guys like all our content, if you comment on all our content... If you share all our content, share it on your Twitter feed right now. Go on your Twitter feed right now and share this episode of Game Face. If you can't afford to help us in any other way, that is a huge, 
huge help for us, and we really, really appreciate it. So anyway, again, we'll be back here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Until then, have a great week of gaming. We'll see you then. Game Face is up and out. (laughs) 